0: Well, you, Patrick, you said just to get it back onto so Guardians long. of the Galaxy, and that implies that we have started talking about Guardians of the Galaxy. I did. So I maybe we started we should do that with
1: me talking about my my uh, my my con- my context for my relationship yes. with Guardians. Yeah, but, but we, we, we were cutting then, that
2: out. So. That's true. Yes. We're cutting that out. All
1: right. So let's let's <laughs> start we're with all of this now. Out. Rob I can't reference a, a thing. Theory. It's not fair for me to to uh, spill a bunch oh. of stuff, ask you to cut it out, and then just start referencing it like <laughs> no one's business. <laughs> Don't it's act like that
0: hasn't happened
2: before.
1: Crazy.
0: Yeah, okay, so we are... The yeah. secret
3: conversation you'll never know about. We've been talking Support for... Support us on Patreon to find out all of Patrick's <laughs> deepest, darkest secrets. Yeah, we've been talking for about...
4: When <laughs> 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 Patrick spills the beans.
0: Yeah, Pat oh, after dark.
4: Anyway, Derek, uh, you were talking about your cat. <laughs>
0: No, we are talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two now. Volume Two, Volume Two. Uh, Yes, I I just
4: want to say that this movie would have been a lot better if instead of that amazing uh, uh, father and son uh, cat Stevens song at the end, they uh, they just they just played uh, cats in the the cradle. cradle. (laughs) (laughs) Little on the nose. It would have been two on the nose. Oh yeah, but the cat (laughs) Stevens song wasn't. Uh, Yeah, that's true. So good though. Oh, my it's God. It's a good song. And this makes me weep. Oh, oh absolutely.
0: <laughs> Much yep. of this movie
1: makes me weep. Yeah. Well, so
0: let, let's let's start talking about this movie. Uh, oh, we lost Derek. We
3: lost Derek.
1: We're going to be losing Derek a lot, listeners. He's he's desperately trying to show us pictures of his unborn child, which apparently is a lot harder than you'd think it would be. I'm pretty sure he said cat. <laughs>
0: Patrick, I've read the first, uh, I've finished the first two Harry Dresden books, and they're very, oh, very yeah. good, but maybe this is a sign that uh, Derek's child is going to be a wizard because he's not playing well with technology already. He's not, you're right. Derek, your child's going to be a wizard. What? He's already canceled. <laughs> he's already not playing well with technology. Even trying to show a picture of him is causing you're your a You're a wizard, money. Harry. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Yeah, uh, that's that's another great uh, Alan Rickman role when he played it that uh, that woman And uh okay, Harry Potter. Go.
5: Here we go. All right. oh, oh, yes. oh no.
3: why, why is your why is your child a Hercules beetle? <laughs> oh God. Ah.
0: Your child looks like the protagonist of Hollow Knight. Yes
3: so, it does.
5: Yes, apparently because uh, it doesn't have any fat yet. <laughs> the ultrasound goes, like, through the skin, and it, you can, like, see its skull. So, that's, so that wow. is that's the brain wow. I'm looking
3: at, right? Yes, is- yes, you're looking
5: at my okay. child's brain and wow. eyes and open mouth. Wow. <laughs> oh, my God.
3: That is... Oh, wow. That is horrifying. You did
5: not under you
0: did not oversell it when you said this was horrifying.
4: Wow. <laughs> Can we make that the screen grab for this
2: episode? <laughs> yeah. Can we stop looking <laughs> at no, that so I that. don't
0: see it when my eyes are closed?
2: <laughs> oh wow!
5: Oh,
3: yeah, no, gosh. this is like the this is like you know the first uh, stinger in a horror movie where like this comes up as the sonogram and I mean, it now and then turns and looks at the, you and now we know that the child is the antichrist. <laughs>
0: I had a uh, so when our nieces were younger, uh, they were five and three, and I was showing them like old Disney cartoons for the first time, and I showed them the skeleton dance. And one of the things that the uh, older one, Madeline, said, still haunts me to this day. She was watching the skeleton dance and like watching the skeletons moved, and she turns to me and she says, "We are all skeletons on the inside." <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Well,
3: that one, that one yeah, you're, more... you're
0: talking about Kathleen's dogs, right? Yes, Kathleen. Well, dog. One of the dogs passed oh. away. Yeah. Oh, I mean oh,
3: that I'm one sorry, looks more know. conventional, but also now that I know that I'm looking at its brain is yeah. <laughs> very strange. Yeah.
2: Oh
4: There you
3: go. All right.
2: Congratulations. You stop the
1: kid from its thumb. <laughs> Break yeah. that habit quick. Wow. Yeah. That's good fathering. Yeah. which is the theme yeah. of the movie we yeah, let's, t- let's talk
0: about some good fathering. Uh, so, Get out a uh,
3: spritz bottle and just spray it at Denny's uh, stomach it <laughs> cut it out. Speaking of <laughs> Like God. a cat. Yeah, like
0: a cat. Um, yes, so uh, this is Cinema Excelsior. Uh, quick round table. I'm Stefan. That's Daniel. That's Derek. That's Nick. That's Patrick.
3: Hello. Yes, I'm glad none of us like said hello after nope. our names. So Though figure it out, be useful. I, I was really hoping we were uh, all
4: yeah. going to say hello in like a barbershop quartet no. unison. But I think it it's just, highly
0: you know. unlikely that anyone who listens to this is coming to this podcast for the first time. They probably but, know our voices
4: by now. What if they are? What if it's just someone who's a huge fan of Guardians of the Galaxy Two and they're just uh, searching podcasts? They're super for, uh, confused. I'm I'm hi, confused. I'm Nick.
2: Yeah, I've no
3: <laughs> no. <laughs> Andy theft is not a joke, Patrick.
2: <laughs> I'm
3: confusing our listener. <laughs>
2: Good
3: point, Daniel.
5: Come on. <laughs> so, now I'm confused. So this week we, we
2: watched yeah. Daniel.
0: <laughs> this week we watched Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, and I want to get right into it because there's a lot of shit to talk about. Smash cut to Earth in the late seventies. uh Young Kurt Russell in his resplendent CG hair is driving down the highway in Missouri uh, with uh, the woman who, I think it's the same actress that played Peter's mother in the first film. Um, no, but she's
4: dead. She, oh, sorry. She died in the first film. Oh, you yeah. This one. It's yep. very method.
0: <laughs> um, and they drive, oh I believe, God. past a dairy queen into uh, into the woods, and we see uh, some little gestating plant baby, and Kurt Russell is, uh, is macking on Peter's mom. All
3: right. But, but but before we move on I just want to this reminds me when I was like in first or second grade I remember like the uh the like the playground rumor mill version of what had happened on the crow was that somebody had willingly died on a movie for like a, a, like for a He was so effect. committed to his art. Yeah.
0: Also that. speaks yeah. volumes about um The kind of playground that you were on that you were talking about, uh, the death of Brandon Lee on the set of Crow in
3: second grade. I mean, I I, like it was just sort of like, did you hear that somebody died uh, on a movie? And Mm. I don't know if it was ever explicitly said, but I definitely imagined it as somebody like willingly who was like, this war scene's gonna be so much better if I get decapitated on film. (laughs) Oh my god, she was
1: she was played by the same actress, her name is Laura Haddock. She was also an autograph seeker in the first Captain America movie.
3: Ah, oh, that's oh, right. Yeah. Good for her.
1: Multi-role. Same, same
3: character.
4: You
1: think it's this Yeah, the same character. Yeah. yeah. She looked great um, in the 70s. Uh n- apparently according according to the oh, official no. Marvel Wiki, Cinematic Universe Wiki, uh oh, yeah. that Thanks. character was actually uh Peter Quill's grandmother. Oh, oh of mm. course it was. Yep. It's yeah.
0: all connected,
4: uh, man. Old Grandma Quill. Yep.
1: Yeah,
0: so I don't I don't want to undersell this. Uh, I really want to dwell on this point. Uh, young Kurt Russell looks
1: amazing in this scene. No, yeah. I was actually thinking one of my notes is that like this is one of the first times that the de, the de-aging uh, technology really works.
0: Works a hell of a lot I mean, I better think... than it did in uh, X-Men The Last Stand.
3: Yeah, I think that's like <sighs> an, interesting, an interesting sort of through line of this podcast. Like, obviously, the Marvel movies aren't the only places we're seeing uh, Mm de-aging CGI, but it's certainly one of the, like, it's a big place that's showing off. And, yeah, you know, I would say this is, I'm trying to remember what the last movie we saw with it because he had young yeah, Hugh
0: Jackman in that.
3: Yeah, and I think I think it it worked pretty well in uh in Logan. I I feel like each time we've see, we've seen it probably like a half mm-hmm. dozen times since the absolute shit show that was last stand and each time it's better and better and you know,
1: Captain Marvel will definitely luck. be interesting to talk yeah, about because that has been kind of like- a of it. It, not just not just because it's good, but Captain Marvel literally has two characters who are in the entire movie being de not just like quick one sceneers.
0: This um this is out... like once
1: once you get yeah. to 2017, it's it's basically all perfect. Well, that's
0: why I was asking a big like budget, that's know? why I was at, general, thinking I think to myself when did
5: effects...
0: go ahead Steph. when did Rogue One come out? And it was 2016, and that's the demarcation point because the Peter Cushing CGI Golem in there is ghoulish and horrifying. I, like...
3: I, like for me it's the it's the Leia the very end of that movie that is the you know it was, horrifying. It was humotious. really jarring to <laughs> see yeah. that. I think I think I, like close I thought I thought that Cushing was like was fine. I I've probably said this before. I do not understand why oh. they don't just hire Charles Dance and put some uh, put some
1: uh, or on some or Wayne uh, Pygram. Honestly, I mean, you know.
4: Peter Cushing looks pretty ghoulish
1: even when it's just footage of him. It's true. So, yeah. As by, by, by virtue of being C- Peter Cushing, he does not look ghoulish. He looks ghoulish. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> he got looks ghoulish. I just want to eat him up.
3: Those are the kind of chops that got you the role of Riff Raff.
1: Exactly, <laughs> and that, my friends, is why I am a renowned actor. Uh
4: Although the actor who played Riff Raff was in uh, the Wolves of Willoughby Chase. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I do be, think that I think the CGI in general in this film is amazing. Like it's when really they're random. on the planet Ego. I thought, oh, yeah. you know, this is really what George Lucas wanted Episode One to look like, because yeah. it's all j- or when they're doing the sequence of the four hundred and whatever jumps in a row, yeah, and they smash through a bunch of different settings. Uh, they each one of them looked amazing and almost effortlessly amazing. I,
0: this is well, like I, the, I think um, there there are three things that I think we will talk a lot about over the course of this film. One is uh, the the daddy issues plot, of course. Two is, a couple, yep. Two is a couple of the performances specifically. Mm-hmm. And three is just the visual design of the film. Like the, the, this, this, to me, is a sharp break in terms of how Marvel films are visualized going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. This is the most visually interesting film we've seen so far. And this is, in mm-hmm. my mind, the jumping off point
3: to what we see in Thor
0: Ragnarok and Black Panther and kind of yeah. going forward.
3: Well, yeah, I mean, like, I just wrote down color. I think that's, you know, such a big part of it. Like, so so much CGI, you know, the sort of CGI that's in these kind of blockbuster movies, and especially in the Marvel movies, like... Blue. You know, you, you look at you look at fucking like civil war. Civil war is an aggressively gray movie.
2: Yeah. Yeah. A
3: lot of these a lot of like CGI spectacles are weirdly aggressively yeah. gray and washed out. This Lovely. is not a movie that is doing that. Maybe there's Maybe. one or two. There might be a couple yeah. scenes in like particular context where they do that. But like yeah. this is a very colorful uh mm-hmm. Version of space, and I think that like really plays to the strikes of sort of the zaniness yeah. that they're going mm-hmm. for. We and
4: haven't yeah, seen I color think... like this since Howard the Duck. No, no, no.
5: Also in this movie, yes. yes. <laughs> there's a weird kind of like. I was gonna say there's a there's a weird kind of like um, weird's not the right uh, word, but there's a play there's a kind of play it coolness about the effects mm-hmm. where the film like. The film doesn't stop and dwell on them in the way that some others have. Mm-hmm. They're, I mean, they're certainly a spectacle, but just the the way that um, kind of characters interact with their environments and the way that the film is edited, it's not as much of a kind of show-offish, like, oh my God, look at these effects kind of attitude that the film yeah. has.
1: Yeah. You know what's yeah, a really I've... good example of that actually is I think is, um, uh, it's actually not Ego's Planet. It's actually the scene where Yondu... Uh, gets the arrow, gets the his 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 prototype fin, and, and just mm. goes to town with the arrow and the ravengers, because mm. there's some really great visual language being used there. Um, that is not doesn't feel show off. Like just the part where he's walking down the walkway and you just see the arrows zipping around, you know, killing people, people falling in the in background of the Yeah, exactly. Like it looks amazing. Yeah, and it's all CGI, but it also doesn't feel like he's. It doesn't feel like a show off thing. It just feels like it literally feels like james gunn thought no this is the correct way to shoot this shot is is to put the camera here mm-hmm. and we're just going to do that because that's the correct plate thing to do it yeah. it doesn't feel like he's showing off at all
3: i think also like the film sense of humor also helps on that like mm-hmm. there's like n- right near the end of like jumping ahead quite a bit but like the one of the big cgi spectacles is like the big fight against ego and like there's that moment where like ego makes like a giant rock version of himself And Peter being Peter makes a giant rock version of Mm Pac-Man. And I can imagine in a different movie, like this would be like a big CGI spectacle of, oh my fucking God, look at these giant, like incredible CGI monsters. Here is just, it's there for the visual gag. It's
1: serving a purpose other than just, look at all the money we've spent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Especially because like those in the... The Pac-Man does not last very long. Like that's, mm-hmm. it's a very quick bait beat. Like yeah. they 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 hit each other, they explode, and then then the giant Pac-Man does not come back.
0: So let's so let's uh, let's Which, go back. Chekov off yeah. would be
3: furious about yeah. this.
0: Well, there should have been a Pac-Man much earlier in the film. It's Completely a was setup. Well, that set up <laughs>
3: like thank a, you, Derek.
2: I
4: mean, ...less than an act yeah.
0: earlier. Um. Okay, so uh, let's go back. So we, we have met, uh, although we do not know it yet, we have met young Kurt Russell uh, as as Ego, uh, who will come back later in the film, and then we uh, we jump back to our main characters, the Guardians of the Galaxy. Not much has changed since the last film, except that Groot uh, now has legs and is a baby.
4: Um, well, I think that their family dynamic is clearly established now, yes. whereas before they were you know there were hints of what it was going to be.
0: Yeah,
4: mm-hmm.
0: and you know, we they, uh,
4: they clearly have a history.
0: We we quickly get a lot of things thrown at us. Uh in I, I was timing out the first act. The first act of the film is about twenty-five minutes long. And it kind of starts here and it ends, I would say, uh, at the point where Ego properly introduces himself to uh Peter and company. And in that time period we get uh the opening credits, which is a fight against some giant monster, uh set to ELO's Mr. Blue Sky, which is a great fucking song. Um and then we are introduced well, to they,
4: they argue about the importance of music yep uh, and whether and, or not they should be yeah. doing it right now yes <laughs> mm-hmm. and, yeah. and it becomes clear later in the film uh well as they hint at later in the film it seems like it's actually rocket who seems to like music more than anyone else a little bit uh,
2: yeah
3: yeah Just, it's, and it's interesting uh, yeah the extent to which this is diegetic music or at least partially yes. diegetic music mm-hmm. and and yeah, yeah. like it's it's kind of just went. it's like you know lampshade hanging sort of thing just mm-hmm. like you know we're gonna use the cool music and yeah it's interesting that they do use uh rocket uh to mm-hmm. justify that in like, yeah or
4: like space. he's using other characters to justify his love of music but he wants yeah. to yeah. disguise it because he doesn't want to actually share his emotions
0: uh we, we lost patrick but we'll sally forth um oh he's back No, so a a lot of things get uh, thrown at us here. Uh, You get the reestablishment of the dynamic between the entire team. You get the establishment of the tension between Rocket and Peter, which is getting bigger. You're introduced to the Sovereign, which is an entirely new alien race of very, very gold people. Mm. Um, We are reintroduced to Nebula, who uh, the Sovereign is trading to the Guardians in exchange for having killed this giant monster. We get an establishment of the sovereign's priorities. Uh, Rocket steals the batteries. The sovereign chases them. We get uh, the an uncredited
1: Ben Browder is there.
0: Yep. We get yep. the um, uh, chase through the quantum asteroid field, which is a concept that I love. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And, and then ultimately the introduction of uh, Ego to to end the act. Yeah. Um, but all of this hits in twenty minutes, and it is done exceptionally well um it y- yeah. it all goes down very easy
4: mm-hmm. um i i felt like they did a good job of establishing that uh, rocket is actually the father of this family uh, mm. that he is right and quill is kind of a rebellious child just like groot is in a way uh, as i, are, I think was... as like the is too and i i see rocket as the dad and drax as the mom because
1: Drax is the one who tends to
4: talk about emotions. More Very often. emotionally
1: supportive. And, I say, Drax is, is definitely a, one of the parents. Like one yeah. one through line, I think in this movie is that uh, I, someone once put it, is that Drax because Drax does not Drax notoriously doesn't understand metaphor, hmm. so Drax sees what Drax sees tends to be more accurate than what other people see because he doesn't see hmm. the, the the other side. Like Drax is way more perceptive than anyone else gives him credit for.
4: Yeah, but on a
1: it's, it's on a
4: weirdly like uh, limited or uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Inconsistent level because mm-hmm. he also thinks that Peter looks
1: exactly like Yandu. Uh, and I suppose is, he's right. That's my point. Like that's actually the moment. He's not. <laughs> yeah. I, well, that's the thing. I actually think that's the moment where he really sees what other people don't because like he yeah. literally says, I thought Yandu was your father. And it turns out he is 100% accurate. Yeah. He sees yeah. what is really there. Mm-hmm.
4: I, the, yeah. What do you make of him mishearing uh, whatever the batteries are called as harbulary batteries? <laughs> is, is harbulary, is that a complete nonsense word? <laughs> it's a I'm nonsense pretty sure it is. Yeah. I uh, absolutely... I wouldn't be surprised if there's some other meaning to it, like if we looked at the root of it. but
0: I'm, I'm reasonably certain I talked about this during uh, our previous Guardians of the Galaxy episode. But I absolutely love Dave Bautista um, yes, and everything cool. he does in this film. Uh, and if you had in the mid two thousands asked me to point to a WWE wrestler and say which of these guys is going to be a major movie star, I would not have pointed at Dave Batista. Uh, and yep. he's fantastic.
2: And um, yet
1: he is he is he is starring in a movie that came out that's coming out this month. So you know, yeah, good
2: for uh, him.
0: <laughs> and it's um, I I enjoyed this film genuinely, and I remembered all of the beats. Uh, but the one moment that actually caught me off guard and made me laugh out loud like a silly person uh, was a Dave Batista moment, and it is when uh, towards the end of the film Mantis gets hit in the head with a rock, and Drax, <laughs> after about two seconds, says, "Mantis, look out!"
1: <laughs> I, I he's such a throwaway character in the comics. It's just it, it's truly amazing how much like texture and depth that yeah. this character has been gotten in the adaptation. Yeah.
0: Uh, so we meet, uh, we yeah. Meet- and
1: like his
3: and his dynamic with Mantis is is you know fantastic. I think mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy, I th- and I think that's you know, I think without Drax there, I think she would feel very, uh, very sort of throwaway as well. Mm-hmm. But like she really gets integrated. That that dynamic is you know s- such a good part of this film.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh so at the end of, of this act we re meet Kurt Russell. He's now older, he has still great hair, he has a beard, and he introduces himself as Peter's father. And there is um something that I want to talk about here with Kurt Russell because so much of the film is about uh father issues and kind of family relationship issues. Um we we find out pretty quickly that uh or uh we suspect quickly. And as we get deeper into the film, we find out ego is a narcissist. He is a a very, uh, very unpleasant character. Um, and it made me appreciate on this viewing how smart the casting of Kurt Russell was in that Mm -hmm. role. Um, not just because, given some of his previous work, he he easily fits into the stereotype of who would be Peter Quill's father, but because Russell himself is so inherently likable in film that when he is presented as a character, Ego obviously has sinister intentions, and you can overlook that for a little while because you inherently hmm. trust and
3: like Kurt Russell. Hmm. But it's also it's also interesting now that you mention it that like when he gives his like vi- big villainous. Why? What? Like? Why have you fucked this all up? Speech. It's not Kurt Russell that gives that speech. It's David, David Hasselhoff. Hasselhoff.
1: It's the dark yeah. Kurt yes. Russell. <laughs> um, um, no, I, I think the, the the casting is great, and Kurt. It, it, is a, it is a great chance for Kurt Russell to really sort of extra strap his, you know, sort of explain his chops because he is doing. You're right. He he is so intrinsically likable that like and and he has a charm well because that's the thing narcissists are charming right Mm -hmm. like that's always the thing about about narcissists is that they have a very distinct charm and i think that's something that kurt russell kurt i'm not saying i have no idea kurt russell is not a narcissist by all by all accounts but But he is charming he is extremely charming and and so there is sort of like a he is charming and and like there's that great the great bit at the beginning in such favorite scenes is when, when Nebula because initially Peter doesn't trust him or like him mm-hmm. and Nebula takes him off to the side and is trying to tell him why she thinks it's, a, it's worthwhile and it, she's kind of fallen under his charm like she tells that really great story about like how Peter would carry the David Hasselhoff picture around with him did um, you say Nebula? I, Nebula. The Nebula? sorry Gamora, Gamora, Gamora uh, I meant Gamora um, like, it, it is a very vulnerable moment for Gamora and Peter and it, it is sort of like he is so charming He he even overcomes Peter's natural inclination to not like his father.
4: But and if he ends up being evil, we'll just kill him.
1: Yeah,
0: (laughs) and they do. Works out really well.
1: Yeah, she really cuts right to the quick of it. Yeah, that she literally just downloads a part of the movie to you right there.
3: Yeah, uh, yeah. Efficiency. Yeah, and like one of the moments I really noticed this time is like Peter is also like he. Like the moment he finds out that uh, that ego killed his mom, there's like there's no hesitation. Yep. It's just like we are fucking yep. murdering you.
0: I appreciated like it, after watching Infinity War and Endgame. Uh, not to get ahead of ourselves, um, Peter gets played as kind of a buffoon in that, mm-hmm. and and he he does have buffoonish qualities in the first film in this film as well. Um, I, I was really impressed and pleased by um, the the emotional nuance of the arc that they gave him in this. He does not, Mm -hmm. he is, he does not come across as a buffoon. He comes across as someone who is in a state of arrested development and actively trying to get out of that in this film. Um, And I I appreciated having kind of locked into that sense of, oh, he is a buffoon in the subsequent two films. I appreciated getting to step back and see him as a more well-rounded character in this film.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: I wonder how much of that is... Like, Because, I mean, the scenes that he mostly has, at least in the first uh, of those movies, is with uh, Spider-Man, uh, Tony Stark, and Doctor yep. Strange. And Thor. Uh, so, and, hmm? He has his
0: uh, scenes with Thor, where they're in their... Uh, who has the, oh, right. the, the harder bob. Yeah, yeah. I guess,
3: anyway. Um, but, yeah, I wonder, like, one is, like, how much of that is, like, an industrial choice to, like, differentiate him, uh, uh, like sort of play up the buffoonery because he's with sort of like the three sort of quote unquote most brilliant sort of like mm-hmm. cerebral characters but also like in universe also like just how much of that might just be like this is how he reacts to uh you know mm-hmm. this this sort of this sort of ego stroking that's going on between like Doctor Strange and uh um Tony, Tony. Stark like how much how much of that is you know a defense mechanism of
1: It's yeah. a good question
3: I, I bet it's more sort of the industrial side of, like, we need to... Counterbalance you know, the scene. Yeah, we bit. need to counterbalance this, so we are going to sort of flanderize yeah. uh, him a little bit and make him even even goofier and dumber than... Like, he's kind of goofy and he's a little dumb. Uh, in in the Guardians movies, he is as dumb as possible here.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah.
0: So we cut from, uh, from the revelation of Ego is Peter's father uh, to... Uh, a planet whose name I can't remember, but it is uh,
4: the Contraxia. Yeah. It's called. They introduced that the the, the narcissistic planet is named Ego. And where all the bounty hunters get their contracts is the planet Contraxia. <laughs> That's great. It's
3: a very subtle movie, listener. Yeah. It's a very subtle movie. It's, hey, it's, it doesn't have the it's, subtlety it's of
5: George Lucas and characters like Elan Sleep. <laughs> yeah. So, what
0: do we find on Contraxia? We find uh, Howard the Duck. We find a bunch of weird robot props. Sex robots. Yep. Yes. We find uh, the Ravagers. And we find Yondu. Uh, oh, and, played by the star of this film, Michael Rooker, seriously. in a career it, it best performance. To
4: the movie, The Expendables Four. Yeah.
0: Well, no, it it starts to, like this is also where we we are reintroduced to Ray Tango because we've already met Gabriel Cash earlier in the film. Um, we we have Sylvester Stallone in this film.
3: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um. What? Uh. I can't. What was Howard the Duck's weird pickup line? It was like something.
5: Uh,
4: Something um, it, like if you if, if you give up the duck, you're
1: out of luck. Yeah, if you don't go, like if you that. don't
5: go duck, you're I, out of luck. Or something.
2: Yeah, it's Seth a duck Green pun. Probably. Believe it or not, there,
1: there, yeah, I, I feel like you can. You know, if we went back, there's almost certainly like Seth Green just sent an, spent an hour in the booth recording yeah. various versions of Seth duck, duck, duck puns. Just go. <laughs> yeah, just, just they literally didn't give it to <laughs> no. It's like all right, so no. Seth. The the thing is, you're trying to pick up a girl, so just give us a bunch of duck bun paste pickup lines. Yeah. So the,
0: the setup here is, uh, we we see that Yandu is basically an outcast among. If you ratagers. want your fill,
4: go with the bill. Yeah, that's good.
3: It's <laughs> um, it's you're out of luck until you've gone duck, which is not a good pickup line. No. no. Um. No, so we,
0: uh, Yondu is kind of an outcast among the, the Ravagers, uh, which we got no indication of in the first film. No. Um, and uh, like as soon as you see this scene, you know that Yandu is going to die at the end of the film. Like, yeah. this is very clearly <laughs> laying down the redemption
1: arc. So, Sylvester <laughs> Stallone literally explains what will happen yeah. to him. You will not dies. have this at your funeral. No. Yeah, will we'll uh, not. Yeah, have
3: the consequence. Yeah, the, there, there is no mention of any consequences of him being an exile of the Ravagers, other than that, like he will be disrespected in death. Yeah, yes.
0: and like, let's <laughs> let's just call call it out here. Uh, Stallone, not exactly of the piece here. <laughs>
1: I actually really like him in this.
0: I mean like
5: he's fine, but he's very clearly Sylvester Stallone. I mean yeah. yes. I, I like the fact I like the fact that they rounded out the like eighties male yeah. Uh, yeah. idols here. Mm-hmm. Because if it were just two of them, if it were just Kurt Russell and Hasselhoff, yep. something feels missing without a third. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Either you know, so they either needed you know Lundgren or Stallone or you know somebody. So I'm glad, I'm glad they got. I'm glad they got Stallone. And they again, were never against Schwarzenegger. No, and, and yeah, that
3: would have been even more distracting.
5: Yeah, <laughs> And again, really distracting.
2: Given
3: the you know, given how sort of you know. Aggressive, the aesthetic is here, and sort of how goofy of like this is not a serious sci-fi setting. No. I think Stallone fits in, you know, very well.
5: I, yeah. I, I would say I'm going to push later he, on.
1: He's only in like two scene, two or three yeah. scenes, but I actually really like this first scene because, mm-hmm. like, he what his job in this scene is to sell the idea that Yandu actually is exiled because, as you guys noted, that's really not in the first movie at all. So he he actually does have a job here, which is to sell the idea that he's exiled and this is a problem. And you
0: do and need I an actor with St- enough credibility that when he speaks for the the gang of bounty hunters, you do believe that yeah, he has and some authority. Yeah, and
1: it's of one of those reminders that Stallone's actually... Like, Stallone was Rocky, and he's actually can, can act. Um, And, like, the way he, he... The whole, like, the Horns of Freedom and the Colors mm-hmm. of Osgord is a goofy line. It's a goofy uh-huh. ass Jack Kirby ass line. Yeah. yeah but he does sell it Lucas pretty well. For Star Wars kind of like, line. He, he sells it very well to basically be clear that, like, this is a thing and I am miserable about having to say this to you. Yeah. yeah. I, I still so yeah, think he does actually a yeah. pretty good job. I
0: still think Stallone should have won an Oscar for Creed. He was really fucking good in Creed.
1: Um, I haven't seen Creed, but I've heard what? A really good Creed. It's I know good. it's on my it's list.
3: Creed's but I think great. I I actually also I've s i have i started watching it with uh, my parents. I can't remember. There was, something came up and like we had to stop it and we, I never finished it. So I've only seen like the first half of Creed as well. Uh I think also like the visual design of the
2: fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a Ghostbusters toy with raised
1: ants that I got for Christmas. Oh, it's God God his, his Dan Aykroyd
0: action figure.
3: <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, what was I? What was I saying? I think also the um, like the visual design of uh, of like Stallone's sort of weird uh, costume and like he's got a big crystal man. There's something sort of so glamorous and colorful about them that like it immediately like makes it clear that like the 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 Ravagers that we know right now the parts of Mm -hmm. Yondu's Ravagers are clearly like they're set up to be the dregs in a way that again there's sort there's a grittiness to them in the first movie but I think like. Again, I think Stallone in that scene does such a good job of establishing it was like, no, the Ravagers are something more than this. Yeah,
1: yeah. And by the way, the Crystal Man is played by Michael Rosenbaum. Uh, oh, my no shit! Uh, Smallville scene Yeah, that's him.
2: Oh, huh. um,
1: I did not pick yeah. up on that. That makes sense. I can see it you, now you can you
2: say it.
3: But
1: you can only really tell at the end when he has a line, uh, and you're like, oh no, hi hi Lex or hi the Flash. Um, okay. Also. I I did not notice this the first time I watched it because I don't think I I'd seen um uh what's it called the um Wu Assassins or um uh uh the Bicycle Move TV show with um Ron Perlman in it. Someone please help me. Pee-wee's Big Adventure? Um motorcycles uh, and Sons Anarchy. of Anarchy. Oh, on the dude stars from? Yes, Sons of Anarchy, but um the what's his name um the the uh the one of like um one of uh, his like right hand men the one that actually gets thrown out the airlock is uh, Tommy Flanagan who's actually a pretty uh, well known wow. television actor.
4: Hmm. Oh, he's, he's also a, he's a, a gladiator as well. So, so I yeah, I want
1: to
0: ca- I want to call cool. out just in terms of like promises that this movie makes that it better fucking deliver on at some point maybe in the form of a disney plus series this movie ends with the promise of sylvester stallone crystallized michael rosenbaum uh ving rames and yeah. michelle Yeoh miley going cyrus. on yeah. a space yeah. like and miley cyrus shit. miley cyrus is one of those people yeah, she's a robot the... head
3: yeah oh no head. shit Oh, oh, I did yeah. not pick up on that either. Yeah, like, how the, the hell was
0: that not a Disney Plus series? Of the Galaxy
3: teams.
1: Yeah, that's oh. the original. That's the original Guardians team, like the actual uh, original uh, Guardians team. I did not. Yeah, yeah no, I, I understand. I that was going to be it was Miley um, in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Three.
4: God One last thing character.
5: about um, Stallone as uh, as what's his character's name? Stakar? Shikar, Stakar, 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 okay. yeah, Stakar? Yeah, First yeah. First Minister Shakar. First Minister Shakar. Aka um, Dracula. Yeah, I, I think um, his his character actually does a lot for kind of changing our sense of who the Ravagers are for mm-hmm. this movie, and the sense that there's like honor among thieves, and that there's a whole kind of um, you know like set of clans and set of you know uh, like a, a culture around them.
2: Mm-hmm. Because
5: I, I, you know, again, I I could be misremembering, but it feels like in the first film. You don't get that sense no, from you the not I
2: don't
3: know, think but, so. I, I yeah. certainly in the first movie disinterpreted that it's like the name of Yandu's game. Yeah, yeah, that one ship yeah. of people. That there are, that there are other Ravagers, that there's any sort of... Yeah, yeah. But, you know. No, there I mean, are and, chapters and, of and, sort of thing, yeah.
1: And on some level, it doesn't feel like crazy just because it, there is no point in the first Guardians movie where it would come up that mm-hmm. this is a thing. Like, like it didn't feel com- like they were rewriting history it just more felt like that you know, like uh, you could have mentioned that in the first movie, but it, it's not like they, it's not like at any point anybody who didn't already know that would have like had a chance to ask about it. Pretty much anybody who would have known about it just knew about it and just saw no reason to bring it up. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: So uh, yeah, we, we get uh, some some plot movement here. Uh, so the sovereign uh, contracts Yondu to try to capture Quill and gang to get the batteries back. Um the harbulary batteries. Yep, yeah, the harbulary batteries. Uh, Peter, Drax, and Gamora go off with Yon or not Yon, with Ego and Mantis back to Ego's planet, while yeah. uh Rocket, Groot, and Nebula stay behind on the planet they crashed on to repair their ship. Um The Ravagers end up capturing uh Rocket and Groot, uh, with Nebula's help, Yondu uh, is mutinied against, and uh, mm-hmm. some of his, his buddies get killed, Including And the
1: aforementioned uh, Sons of Anarchy star.
0: Yep, and Craglin, uh, uh, Sean Gunn's character, uh, is is very very sad about all this.
3: Yeah. Um, Question: I'm just I'm just don't remember how this played out. Nebula was Nebula already on the ship. At the beginning of the movie?
0: They trade. They, in exchange for killing the monster trying to steal the batteries, they get Nebula from the software. I was like,
3: I was trying to remember how Nebula entered into the equation. Thank you. Yes. Yes.
0: Um, there is a, a long. At this point, the the movie slows down a little bit. Um, yeah, it's
3: a very tight beginning. They set it up, and then they they yeah. take their their time with it in the middle. Yeah, we we
0: get a lot of scenes on the Ravager ship of the mutinying crew uh, of Yondu and Rocket and um, uh, Baby Groot, kind of planning their escape and ultimately executing it. And then we get a lot of time on uh, Ego's planet, which is. Gorgeous, and yes. uh, we get Kurt Russell giving a lot of backstory about uh, his existence. So, Ego was a celestial, um, basically a a space god uh, who decided to make himself a body and a penis and go around the galaxy uh, trying <laughs> daddy to have kids. Issues. Yeah, daddy, daddy issues. Enough. Um. Uh, Peter goes through a long period of bonding with ego and kind of letting his letting his guard down and, and accepting the the idea that ego is his father. They
3: literally play catch they with play like catch. Some energy from the planet. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very great. <laughs> um it's very on the nose, but great.
0: Yeah. this middle section of the movie really does stretch out because I'm trying to, like, summarize the plot of what's going on here, and there's not a lot of plot, but there's not a lot of plot for
4: about an hour. Oh, I feel like this is all very dense. Like, this is where the emotional, like, this is where a lot of the
0: emotional... Well, like... There's there's a difference between plot and and character. Like, yeah, there's
1: there's a a lot of story here. There's not a lot of plot here.
0: Yes, not a lot happens, but people... It's like... If you're describing uh, "The Empire Jesus. Strikes Back," what happens? Ah, Luke uh, goes to a planet and hangs around with a muppet for a for an hour. Like,
4: well, not I a mean, lot happens the, there, but a the lot ship, happens like, there. This is when they they kept, when you know Rocket uh, fights the guys with his booby traps. Uh, then they mm-hmm. get captured. Nebula uh, sells them out, uh, yep. and then you have the the great sequence of uh, Groot uh, trying to break them out of prison. And Coming back and with a The toes. about that is that he ne- Groot never succeeds. Yep. It's just uh, uh, the gun character who, uh, who comes back with it. Uh, yeah Yeah.
0: Craglin, the unofficial I,
4: guardian in this movie. He, yeah. and he's in- I, I actually felt like the, the oh, sequence God. of Michael Rooker f- uh, flying around and shooting everyone, I felt like the, a, a lot of that sequence didn't make any sense. On a physical level, mm-hmm. like because he, his needle needs to be—it's still moving within hearing distance, right? But then it's and like shooting through walls. They all never over the shit. They
1: never establish needs to be in hearing distance. It's th- that's the what the wisp does. He controls it with an audible but Yeah, but they never establish his
3: head. He's not right,
1: using a. Also, we have no we have no way of knowing what the audio uh, sort of receptor range of the whistle is. But
4: also, so, yeah, I, I, I guess I would just assume that it wouldn't be able to hear hear it through steel bulkheads, you know, on another part of the ship.
1: I mean, um, yeah, I, I get why you think, I, I get why you are saying that, but I'll, I'll also just point out it is a you know, it's it's a, it's a hypertech, you know whistle. We have no, for all we know. What it actually does is the the fin is the thing that connects to the arrow, and the whistle is just a way of Triggers sort of fin. mnemonically controlling it.
3: Yeah, I I assume that the whistle was more sort of like how he focuses the like the process of controlling it more than okay. like literally he is whistling and all right. Well, yeah, certainly, point,
4: certainly point the point fin is seems that, to be... very visually entertaining, but I yes. felt like the thing that ties it all together is the the soundtrack to it. Oh yeah. God, yes, yes. I yes. feel no. like I mean, that would think... be unwatchably kind of just like. It, it it would be fine, but ultimately rather boring without the musical sequence. Mm, I mean, I think do...
3: that would be true of a lot of sequences in Guardians of the Galaxy. These are these are these are these are movies that are very much built around their soundtrack.
4: Yeah, yeah, and I I was trying to tie that into how okay. the uh, the whistle is like it's uh, his appreciation for music as well. Mm, uh, that's right. But, you yeah, know, we get music, but then he also has a love of music in his own way, just as his child does.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, that's a good point. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, that's a really good point. Uh there's a lot of really great character beats in the in this sort yeah. of sequ- in the in this sort of like stretch. You know, one is um and, and this is something that I really noted and even made a note of is that uh when 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 we find Yondu in the cage, he is completely depressed, totally despondent. Mm-hmm. Completely like, Nope, I'm gonna be given to the Kree. I deserve mm-hmm. it. That's he the doesn't even of
4: care if foil crew they, like get killed. He yeah. doesn't
1: care. Then 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 the moment that Rocket says he went off that Peter went off with his real dad, like his entire posture yeah, changes. He, he doesn't give action. it away, but like, mm-hmm. he's just like, Oh, what? Wait, what? Oh, my boy needs me. Fuck, mm-hmm. fuck, my, fuck my depression. Mm-hmm. My boy needs me. I, I got to go. Then,
0: so what it is, is th- interesting that
1: both that,
4: uh, Peter inspires both Yondu and Mantis. To, like mm-hmm. once he enters the, the picture, mm-hmm. both of them betray their, you know, master,
1: I would actually. Well, I would actually argue Drax inspires mm-hmm. Mantis. Yeah, because, I, well, yeah,
0: because of the all the nice
4: thing things that, he but, says yeah. about her.
0: Well, I mean, well like it's also,
3: it, you yeah.
1: know,
4: it's the first child who came along, and yep. you know. yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. I mean, do we think that? Do we think this is the first time Mantis has done this? I like, has she maybe been trying to help out all those other kids? Yes, she. Could have. Like, yeah. maybe, maybe the other ones didn't come with you know the most powerful yeah.
2: warrior well, yeah, in the world. I, first I I interpreted. The yourself.
1: My interpretation of that scene was, and again to kind of go back to the the large themes of fathers and son, fathers and children, really, because Thanos Thanos does loom over this movie quite a That's lot. That's true. Yeah. Um and, and and in many and because there's the The Gamora, we have a Nebula lot of relationship. Of bad parents. Yeah. Uh, we have a lot of examples of Yandu is not a good parent, but he wants to be a good parent. He's trying. We do have one example of a genuinely good parent, and that is Drax. Like we mm-hmm. nothing we have heard about Drax makes us think mm. he was anything but a devoted, loving father who adored his children. And there's the the scene with he has with Mantis when he's, you know, he he's looking at the when they're watching and he talks about how like this reminds me of when I used to mm. bring my daughter to these pools, and you remind me of her. And mm-hmm. the, the, the the sort of joke is hideous and she he goes, No, innocent. And he she touches him mm-hmm. and she just starts breaking down because you just realize how much pain and sorrow Drax is literally living with all the time yeah. mm. like he's he, he he's actually very I mean he and Frank Castle are kind of the same person um mm. but in a lot of ways uh, but like and, and in that moment I think the way I interpreted that scene is you know she's been raised by ego her entire life this is she just assumes this is how this is people are. treat their kids she doesn't this even, even know parents. what her yeah yeah oh. And then, and then she touches him, and she realizes. Wait, no, this is not how parents treat their kids. This is mm. not how parents feel about mm. their kids. That's how I. That to me, that's the moment she switches.
0: If I really yeah, want to like press on this a little bit, e- e- the theme of parenthood and the relationship between parents and children. That, I mean, like set aside the merchandising potential. That's Baby Groot right there. Um, uh-huh. like this this character that is built for the toys. Um, it plays into that in the sense of the relationship between he and rocket has changed like rocket takes a per- particularly parental view of him. he's teaching him lessons don't yeah. press that button it'll blow us up no hmm. don't press that button it'll blow us up yeah and so, on and so forth
1: according to james gunn this is not well this is just this is a bit of a bad scene stuff so according to james gunn this Groot is not the original group. not saying so he should group. be more he, he, should, he should be more accurately thought of as the original Groot's son, and then yeah. later on in Infinity War, and again we're jumping ahead a bit. Uh, he, James Gunn did translate Groot's final "I am Groot" before he gets dusted, and he's saying to Rocket, "Dad, please help me."
3: Aww, aww, yeah. Uh, although one thing I was just thinking of is like we were talking earlier about like is Rocket the the team dad? Uh, although it's interesting that how much Peter has a paternal relationship with Groot, like in the in that uh, mid credit scene.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, and I feel like there's a couple other scenes where he's sort of, you know, trying to be the cool dad, laying down the laws, like you gotta clean your room, bud. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Let I me mean, tell I, you what's like not cool.
3: They, yeah.
2: They,
4: you know, they all act as uh, uh, shifting uh, family relationships to each other. I uh, from you. I do find it most entertaining <laughs> that clearly Quill sees himself as the dad, but I think mm. that Rocket more acts as the dad. Oh yeah. Uh, to both Quill and Groot. Uh, yeah. And I think that uh, probably Gamora also would see herself as the mom, but that I think but Drax is, is more accurately described as the
5: mom. Mm, yeah. Uh, do we it, think the Ravagers are the Lost Boys?
4: <laughs> uh, I, I can joking, see that.
1: Yes. Joking aside, I do think Kraglin does feel like, um, and I, I, that's the one thing I wish this, I wish we had gotten more time with a little more time with Quill and Kraglin, okay. because I do think there is a, there's an element of Kraglin as, as the 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 unfavored son like he he's old i think he's older than than quill so he's probably the older brother um yeah. but like he his his big line one of his big lines is yeah. that like you're, you always, making, him you're always you're always, yeah. forgiving him and he doesn't feel like captain you treat him it doesn't feel like he's he's not saying look at this way. he says captain you treat him differently but what he actually means is dad you treat my little brother differently yeah mm. Yes. Well, I think we definitely
3: need uh, more time with him because I am just learning what that character's name is right now. Yes. Yeah. Correct. I had no idea what that meant. Like, he was just, he was Gunn's brother yeah. playing him. I don't think I also say, Sean
1: Gunn. Sean Gunn yeah. is actually pr- a pretty solid actor. Oh, especially yeah, no, Sean Gunn. He's also, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, Nick.
3: Oh, no, no, you, you go ahead. I was going to say, especially considering he's anything also anything doing else? all
1: the mocap for Rocket. Like, he's, he's exactly. actually pretty good at this.
0: Oh, let's see. Oh, I guess he was on again, Gilmore Girls for several yeah. years. Yeah, he was for a uh, long time. Oh, enough.
1: with Ted Raimi. Was Ted <laughs> Raimi? This goes back
0: to your, your <laughs> comment about uh, yeah, yeah. I, Ted Raimi I feel like are... Ted Raimi and uh, and Sean Gunn gather around to sit at the feet of Clint Howard. <laughs> yes. yes, and
3: Brian Doyle Murray. Yeah. Yes, we will oh, all no. have a glass of Tranya and talk about <laughs> our, <laughs> our older brothers.
1: <laughs> Tranya. I thought Brian Doyle was the was the older Brian Doyle. I think is the older one. Yeah. I
3: was I was just thinking sort of brothers Successful in
2: versus. Yeah, bro,
3: yeah. I wasn't thinking necessarily. I have yeah. no idea of if Tom Ramey is uh, Ted Ramey. Ted Ramey is older or younger. He's, de- I he's was younger. Thinking, I was just thinking in terms of uh, who, who's in whose shadow. So
0: one one thing that I think uh, to, total diversion on the Ted Ramey point. One thing <laughs> that I think has been lost in uh, kind of our shift to streaming media and away from DVDs. Uh, is the occasional really great director's commentary track. Yes. Um and the director's commentary on Evil Dead 2 is magnificent. It's Sam Raimi, uh Bruce Campbell, Greg Nicotero, and one other uh person. Uh what's his name? Scott Spiegel. Um and on that set Ted Raimi plays Henrietta. He plays uh the the monster. Um the big monster. And oh. At the time, Ted was like 17, maybe 18 years old, and Sam, his older brother, sold him on being in the film as, this is how you'll get your SAG card. Uh, And it was, but he did not tell him like, and we're going to be in a high school gym in North Carolina for three months in the summer, and you're going to be buried in 20 pounds of latex. I'm... And he just talks about, like, the extent that he went to to use that film as an excuse to torment his younger brother, and it's fantastic. <laughs> as That's you
3: fantastic, would. but I'm also shocked to discover that Evil Dead 2 was a Union film.
1: Yes, that is <laughs> that is that, that is accurate. Fair enough. Evil Dead 2 was
3: egg-compliant? How? What are you talking about? You...
1: I mean, good on good, you. Good on you, yeah. you yeah. I am very proud of you for doing that, but I'm just surprised.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Certainly by army, uh, army of Darkness, I can imagine. Mm-hmm. But Evil Dead 2, I feel like, was still, like, shoestring enough that I... Anyway. I mean, at, at, the, at that point in time... It might have oh. just been a joke on... Uh, Oh, like no, Evil I, Dead 2
0: had some level of backing. Like, it had like a $3 yeah, million dollar budget. Fair. It was.
4: Yeah, I mean, that's probably why it's mostly a remake of Evil Dead 1. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Evil, Evil
0: Dead 2 is a movie. Movie. You Dead should watch, watch that, but that's yeah. not the sequel we're
4: talking about. All
5: right, so, no. Taserface. Taserface. Let's talk about Taserface. Taserface.
2: <laughs> Taserface! A name that
4: will strike hearts into the. or strike fear. Into the uh, according to Taserface. Theory.
5: This is a joke that, like, when it was first introduced i was like oh okay you know i don't think this joke is quite as funny as uh (laughs) as we think it is but then it got funnier and funnier somehow it's very very
3: sideshow bob and the uh it's very sideshow bob and the uh the rakes it's just like they they stick with it like there's a stick to itiveness that like some some jokes if you just Mm -hmm. keep doing it
4: and i mean there's a consistency to the number of different People who have exactly the same reaction to this man's like, Mm, I love love when the sovereign laughs
2: at him. The sovereign's sovereign's (laughs) reaction of like, tell the
3: sovereign the name of a man (laughs) who sees his face, taser face.
4: And the last thing that happens to him as he dies is yet another person laughs in his taser face. (laughs) Yeah. The, uh, a, a
0: reading on Wikipedia about this character. Uh, The most notable thing about him is uh, when James Gunn signed on to direct Guardians of the Galaxy, he posted a photo of Taserface from the comics on social media and said, this is the dumbest character of all time. He will never be in a film.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So Taserface is a pre-existing character. He is a pre-existing character. I mean, I assume
4: most Yeah, I of them are a big character. I assume they're probably pre-existing. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I, I. I'm not surprised. I just. It's. It is again such sort of an odd. I'm trying. Oh my god. I just <laughs> saw what taser face actually looks like in the comics. Good god. Yeah. share, Better. Worse.
5: Yeah. One share second. The quick. Crap. Uh, share with
3: a Uh. Screen. Sh- mm, share screen. This is so <laughs> intriguing well, Uh, Yeah. Where? Oh, how do I get this? Uh,
1: I googled it. There's a lot of screen sharing going on in this episode. <laughs> The in the upper right corner of the.
3: Yeah, yeah, no, I'm just kidding. It's so that it's not. He uh, it looks you know, like Dracula scared. stole Iron That's Man's armor and grew yeah. a ponytail.
0: <laughs> he looks like an orc.
4: <laughs> he looks like there an orc so I like cosplaying as Liberace. There he is. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. Wow. <laughs> I like to imagine a golden that, orc that Ego had the same kind of relationship that we see with Peter Quill's mother with every other. Uh, female or you know whatever type of gender that species has uh, from every other planet that he ever sent it, one of his forms to uh-huh. uh, and they all have some kind of relationship that's you know brings music into it or uh, so you know he he's obviously well aware of Looking Glass he hasn't forgotten uh-huh. he, he has insight about the song that's not fake but that he uses that same kind of patter uh, on whatever planet he's on so if we were to see this scene of uh him relating to peter about mm-hmm. looking glass with any other any other child it would be something like ah yes the the finest uh, example of gondolorian shriek hooting that i uh, ever came <laughs> off of the planet no. Florblond."
1: blonde no, <laughs> no i, I know
3: here, you're joking i have an i have an idea I'm going to assume every planet in the Marvel universe has music, and I'm going to assume that Ego manipulates every planet so that Looking Glasses song, uh, <laughs> that song exists on every single planet. So he doesn't even have to remember his uh, this thing; he's just sort of like psychically manipulated some like yeah, record so, It's like all along the
1: Watchtower and Doctor. Yeah, you're all joking, but I actually, bel- I would actually be very in character for the Ego that we meet. Like yeah. he, he, like I totally believe he uses I, the same
2: time. Like,
1: uh, well, the shrieking was <laughs> the shrieking. Well, you know, I mean, uh, I'm,
4: I'm actually imagining that there is a planet where you know that that, but that he has the same kind of level of appreciation for whatever musical expression I mean, the planet uses. The, the, mm-hmm. Again,
1: like it kind of gets back to the, the the narcissism. Like he he is he he literally can't conceive of anybody would like not see the world the way he does, which very much ties into his big villain break, villains breakdown. Um, but like, no, I, I believe that he, I believe, I also believe that I think you're right that maybe he may, this might not be the only woman he's given brain cancer to. I, yeah. I think that, I think that there's, um, like, I, I genuinely think that most of the time, anything ego says we should not necessarily ever assume is true. Like, when he mm. refers to himself as a celestial, you know, those are the giant mm. robot guys in the first guardians, and we have no reason to believe him. True. That's just what he's saying. And he strikes me as someone. Who he's again? A uh, like, no, that's that. Yeah,
4: boring. like there's that
1: there's a beginning I, part I of the beginning where that they has not impression
4: ask, from him at all.
1: <laughs> there's that really? part of the beginning where he he literally when they ask um how did you find us, and he says, Well, even I've heard of the great starler, I'm like, that is obviously a lie. Yeah. And what I kind of like about it is that they never actually do explain how we track it down. Because it doesn't really matter. The point is he's lying. Mm-hmm. And... I didn't feel like he was lying. Uh, I ego, like...
0: honest stand up guy, says Daniel
4: Watson Jones. Well, no, I mean <laughs> like there are there are times where he he dances around the the truth mm. but he says like like when when he says that uh, or when he's asked like when did you meet my mother and he says not long after that i felt like that's probably true in ego's perspective because mm. time to him is very relative uh, mm. but oh, I don't... And he dances around the fact that there have been like other children but he never he never outright says that she is the only one.
1: I don't think yeah, I don't think he's lying all the time, I, but I do think you should basically yeah. not necessarily assume anything. He's not he always says. lying,
0: but you can never trust him. Yeah. Bester's well, getting by yeah. right I mean, and, and,
1: and, he might, and like, might
0: be
3: lying at Bester's any time. Bester's doing a
0: lucky bit. cat impression. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
3: No, i am just just, you know, try, you know, I I would like to hold the speaking stick for a moment. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think I think it's a like I think like he does explain how he how he found him because he he talks about he heard about the fact that there was a a man from Infinity Earth Stone. who was able to survive in the uh, in Infinity, Stone. Infinity Stone. Stone. Yeah. Um But then also I think I I think he absolutely is lying when he says I've everyone has heard about the Great Star Lord because again remember like the big running joke or one of the big running jokes of the first movie yeah. is that he lo- he he has the, mm-hmm. that. Star-Lord that uh, Peter Quill has this uh, ego. Same kind of narcissism. Has the same kind of narcissism and like it's such a gut punch to him that everyone goes who? Yeah, Yeah, Uh, because they react
4: to him the same way that people do to Taserface in a way.
3: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ooh. Yes, there we go. Another. Yes. If only those two were in a room together. (laughs) They'd have (laughs) something to talk about. Because their heads are too big. Yeah. Uh, But yeah. Yeah, But I am curious given that like so he's so like if 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 he's telling the truth that like he heard that there was a man from Earth who was able to hold an infinity stone he was like oh shit that must be one of my kids because he's got like some celestial powers but Peter is the only kid of his to have manifested celestial powers it sounds like mm-hmm. well, again that's yeah. probably
4: true but I think I think, like we, I think, think we get really that for likely that's... that any other kid that had you know turned out the same way and he just had to kill them.
3: That's but that's possible. I yeah, again, we, we, we but again, like, uh, uh, so, let's assume for the moment that he's telling the truth and Peter is the first one to actually have powers. How how did he track down the rest of them? Again, he's he's not Yondu, he, Yondu, Yondu to do it.
1: That's part oh, of the
2: right. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah
1: right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then, yeah. then Yondu, and that, I, I assume that after he after Yondu, after the Peter thing, that's when Yondu stopped bringing mm-hmm. them back for him. Mm, yeah. yeah okay Stop being able to hunt any any of did them we know? he's just did been we, did at we know
3: for that Yandu brought all the other kids it yeah. does come yeah. up yeah okay, that's why yeah. he calls it out ship.
1: specifically well yes uh, just car yondu and and if we have like three sources yeah okay, pointing. okay. ego I, himself
3: I, I, had, I had interpreted that as like anyway I, I i don't he may have had other people other than Yandu also bringing him children uh, given the number of kids there i don't know if Yandu on his own brought a a th- hundred kids to this planet and only 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 on Peter did he go wait a
2: minute no
4: that's that's part of what I mean that's literally what they they say happened that uh that he was making Yandu rich uh but then when and uh, that's why Sylvester Stallone says that uh you know you're no longer a ravager uh but Yandu says that he was fine bringing him kids until he found out what Ego was doing to them, uh, and then he didn't. He didn't bring him anymore. He ran off oh, with yeah. Quill.
3: I mean, I, I I agree that that's what the movie says. I'm just like, once we start thinking about <laughs> it, it's not as it's not as good an excuse for Yandu as he makes it out. i
4: I wouldn't say that Yandu brought all of them, but that he had. They had a long history of this He's going more on. Than one. Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So I want I want to rush through the rest of the plot so that I don't feel the need to talk about the plot later. Um, <laughs>
3: I mean, I think we there, of it.
0: Yeah, there's not much left. Um, so uh, Ego's Nebula plan eventually is to use Peter uh, first as a partner, if he can, then as a battery, if he has to, to basically uh, transform other planets in the universe into extensions of himself. Uh, Peter, uh, Ego admits to having put the tumor in Peter's mother's brain. Uh, big, big fight. Nebula and Gamora reconcile with one another. Uh, we haven't really talked about Nebula and Gamora's uh, relationship, but I think it's, a, it's an important one in the film, uh, particularly given what follows in Infinity War and Endgame. Um, there's, yeah, a big, big fight. Uh, everyone gets away. Ego gets killed. His planet gets blown up. And Yondu sacrifices himself to save Peter and then gets his uh, his ravager funeral. Um, and that's that's really the end of the film. We got a bunch of in credit sequences um, and like teases of things in future films, and a yeah. fun song that David Hasselhoff sings. And that's yeah. that's
3: about it. And as we mentioned earlier, Hasselhoff like cameos in. He's brought yeah. up a couple times. Zardu Hasselhoff. Hasselhoff's, Hasselhoff's a weirdly big plot point in this movie. Mm-hmm. He actually
1: does a pretty good <laughs> job too in the part that he does.
3: Yeah, no, he's he's excellent as that. Mm. Um,
1: well, he's an actor. He's, yeah,
3: I know. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. That is his job. He, he was. He was. P, uh, Patrick, he was the star of Baywatch. Baywatch. I think we can and, agree he's and, a great actor.
0: And Baywatch Nights, don't
5: forget.
3: And Baywatch Nights. And and, he, and, I, and I haven't seen the it. The
5: crime-solving
1: boat.
3: Yeah. And I haven't, I haven't seen it. But I'm. Always gonna, a canal. I'm gonna bet that he had a or cameo in the Baywatch movie a couple years ago.
1: Probably. Oh, no doubt.
3: No
5: doubt. There's always a canal or a fjord <laughs> or an inlet. <inland. laughs> Marge, night boat. Right. Baywatch
0: ran for 11
4: seasons. So did anyone understand what I was saying about this being Super Metroid the movie?
0: Yeah, because uh, it's, I mean you know—you do the gender the swap, brain. it's father brain It literally leaves of a brain.
4: Metroid in a forest behind a Dairy Queen Yep uh, A <laughs> uh, <laughs> bounty hunter who, who has to bring a, a child to a planet which mm-hmm. uh, is controlled by a mother brain and then they have to escape well, as the planet is
2: exploding
3: and falling down around them
0: Confirmed, yeah, no, Hasselhoff did cameo in that Baywatch movie a couple of years ago.
3: Of course he did. I would be, I would like Hasselhoff would have had to have been like in a coma, hospitalized, <laughs> to have not appeared in that movie. <laughs>
2: <laughs> there and is no way they're then, not getting I
3: f- Hasselhoff.
1: I even then, I feel like well, the moment it was greenlit, he would have just like woken up immediately, known someone <laughs> needs me. Yes, someone Baywatch needs me <laughs> to like rip the IV out. And just runs into the ocean carrying
4: a life preserver.
1: And then when he was done, he would have returned to his hassle sleep. <laughs> uh,
4: uh, did you mention that Ego gets an Indiana Jones Nazi death? Uh, uh, in, in what way? That he's kind of melts? He, yeah, he crumbles into, uh, you know, melt yep. dust.
1: Yep. Uh, I. I- I will say I also did Lord like I really enjoyed the final exchange where if you if you kill me you'll be just like everybody else. Yep. What's I, so wrong with that? Well, is I, I, a really great. I
3: love again, the... going back to sort of his ego to, his egotism yep, right to, to, to to
1: to, yes, to, to make
3: it his possible, his narcissism. Yeah, like yeah. he mm-hmm. he he is like the version of the story he tells it at first is like oh I wanted to go out into the universe and experience what you beautiful mortals are experiencing. But yeah, he essentially goes out and discovers. Mm-hmm. Oh, mortals fucking suck. I'm the only, I'm the only worthwhile thing in the computer I love Kurt Russell's,
2: I love Kurt Russell's
0: performance in those final moments, though, like, and this is, this is why you get Kurt Russell to play this character. Like, he really does come across as desperate and unhinged as he is, as he's going down and understanding what's happening to him. Like, Kurt Russell's like, a fucking pro I love Kurt
4: Russell in anything Kurt Russell is like one of my top five favorite actors of all time
0: good not because he's one of the top five best actors of all time but because I love him and I'll watch anything that he's in
4: yeah well so. he, he also can't comprehend that he's actually going to die after existing for like yep. billions of years Derek yeah, when,
0: you, be, and your, when you and your Atlanta friends did your Kurt Russell group costume which Kurt Russell were you?
5: I was R.J. McCready from the thing ah, excellent. excellent choice
2: okay.
5: not Captain so, yeah. Russell. I was not Captain Ron. Okay,
1: no, no. no ego is um. Here's the thing about funny. Here's the thing about ego and like, there's a lot of fanta- Obviously, ego is ego is literally a living planet. Like he's very fantastical, but like the the relationship portrayed is is very much the textbook narcissistic parent relationship. He mm-hmm. legitimately does not see his children as anything but tools or extensions mm-hmm. of himself. He legitimately cannot conceive why anybody would see the world anyway but he does like i legit like legitimate like and that's one of the great things about that sort of in sequence is that he you know when when he says it hurt it broke my heart to put the tomb in her head he immediately follows up with now i know that sounds bad like he yeah. literally yeah. just he's like yeah. no obviously once i explain it you know, he'll understand. Yeah. Like, it, but again, yeah.
3: a, a statement like
1: that, like, he doesn't know that it sounds bad, but
3: he knows that mortals think it sounds bad. That is not a moral statement on his part. That is his, him acknowledging that other people have morals. Yeah.
1: Which again, like, is, is, is a textbook narcissist. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's, it's, that's very, like... it's
0: very much the, I'm sorry you feel that way.
3: Yes. Yes. Exactly.
1: Absolutely. He mm. is, and, and the, so like the, the contrast of him, and I think one of the things I like, I know we talked about the fact that maybe Yondu's sort of redemption arc doesn't quite click. But like, first of all, Michael Rooker sells it so
2: like oh, oh yeah.
3: I think it's so. I think it's so close to working. I think my 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 big problem is that like we get a lot of there's a lot of great sort of character dynamics mm-hmm. going on here. We got like Gamora and Peter, Gamora and Nebula, Drax and Mantis, Peter and Ego, uh, and then like so much of the last you know ten minutes, fifteen minutes of this movie is pinned on the dynamic between Peter and Yandu. and. I just even just one more scene earlier in the movie where they interacted. The fact that the first line he has is like after Yondu is like crashed into the planet and like he goes in and like they ha- they have a couple of lines where they're Yondu? Uh, okay. Yondu yeah they have a couple of lines where they're talking like as they're like getting away and then flying back into the planet. They have like the Mary Poppins line. Oh. They have sort of the the the, uh, the death the death lines, but like I just feel like I feel like. For it to really work, for it to really land for me, I, I need just a little bit more of what the relationship is. I need more of them oh, butting man. heads for, the, for that moment of him being so sad that Yondu is gone. Dude, Dude. counterpoint. I, <laughs> I, 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 just, I, just, I had I something I wanted moderate. to say
4: about uh, Ego before we had moved on to oh, Yondu. Yeah. Oh, um, sure. mm-hmm. That uh, when... Well, now I feel like we're on Yandu and I'm changing the subject. So, uh, uh, when Ego was talking about uh, uh, you know putting the tumor in her head and whatnot, he uh, during that sequence he says that uh, you know he'd wanted to make life and become you know become a like a normal mortal kind of body and discover what that was what that experience was like, and he says I found it so disappointing. Uh, that's when I came and there's this long pause after he says came to a profound realization. And it, it felt like what he was describing was like the post regret of like mm. someone who has, uh, who has been in love. The entire and galaxy. Then, yeah. Re- reaches his like, uh, <laughs> orgasm climax. And then is like, well, I, I, I don't think I actually care about this situation at all. And I'm just going to peace out now. Uh, And then, you know, but he becomes interested again when uh, uh, Peter Quill grows into a person that he can relate to uh, Mm -hmm. because he has no interest in raising a child. He just wants, you know, some children to like be made that are his. And then he can go and deal with them when, you know, he can see himself in them.
0: He's a real piece Uh, of shit.
4: Yeah.
1: Yeah, He's he's one of the most horrible villains of (laughs) the MCU. Like, I'm really going to throw that out there. He's horrible.
3: Yeah, no, and I, I, again, I think, you know, we've so many goddamn, you know, the dark version of the hero or the evil yeah. CEO or the combination of those two because so many yeah. other heroes are also CEOs. Um, but yeah, it's nice to have like a nice grounded, relatable, like this is a, yeah, he's a very good guy. Yeah. And I, yeah, I felt like
4: that's what the, the, the thing that differentiates his son from him is that his son has found a family Mm. and his family is what humanizes Mm. him and keeps Peter on kind of the straight and narrow. Uh, And I think that's why I like this one much better than the first one because the family dynamic that they, you know, the first one suffers from the origin story thing of like,
2: Mm. they have to introduce all
4: the characters and then try to establish that they are forming a family dynamic. But in this one, it actually exists and every line that they have establishes some element of their, uh, the relationships that they have to each other. Uh,
3: yeah and yeah they hit that no sorry oh
4: I, I was just gonna say that the probably my two two favorite my favorite line and my favorite like visual gag or scene in the film are what Bester glossed over with i'm mary poppins y'all uh <laughs> which i think is the funniest moment uh but then the uh th- in in the actual like you know typical marvel like oh all the heroes are going to die now unless the main hero like overcomes his thing yep. uh moment uh quill flashes back to like yes. good <laughs> moments from his life
2: yeah and i love
1: bit. that bit
4: this amazing
2: yes, shot. yes. yes. i missed that I forgot about that the shot of quill of Rocket and Rocket.
4: And if you notice baby groot is on uh oh, shoulder yes oh, it's great some of some of the things that he's remembering happened earlier in the film and then there's a few that did not like him shooting with yondu yeah uh, yeah as a
1: child anything like, with him as a child
4: yeah but that shot of him and
3: rocket flying is,
1: through here,
4: Unbelievable.
3: incredible oh my um,
4: god that was the best
1: i moment. i actually- I will say this about the Mary Poppins y'all, uh, moment is that it's not only funny, it's actually kind of sweet. Oh, yeah. Because he, uh-huh. he, he starts by making fun of him by going, ah, yeah. oh, you're so dumb, you look like yeah. Mary Poppins. And then he goes, is he cool? And he has every moment but to say, ha ha, yeah. she's a British nanny. Yep. And, yeah. and he goes, yeah, he's cool. Yeah,
2: yeah, because earlier in the like
1: film
4: is, is he's used Trash Panda and then yeah. he was honest about how, like, oh, is that better? He's like, no, it's so much worse yeah. to get the but second joke
5: yeah. uh, or to share the joke with yeah. everyone else, but 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 it's a lot like it has even deeper resonances because mm-hmm. of, like Mary
4: Poppins,
0: wise, Mary yeah. Poppins
5: like yeah. it's it's very much yeah. a film about like motherhood yeah. and fatherhood
4: and yeah. Yeah. oh yeah Yandu is his nanny yeah,
3: yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. um one thing i wanted to uh, jump on with uh, Duja's point so like yeah family is like brought up a lot like it feels like a fast and the furious movie sometimes how often they're like bringing oh, yeah. up like we're a family what's really important uh, is family but uh, i i was reading this uh there's a there's a fan theory that um mantis might be another one of ego's kids like oh, in interesting the, like, yeah. in the uh like the display of all the different aliens that he's seduced mm-hmm. in like the very back you can see an alien uh, like mantis like figure and- but, like, and you were talking about, like, they form this family and they have this relationship, and yeah. the only person in Ego's life, she is just there because she, like, she's serves a the function of she's melatonin. She's useful. She yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. There's, like, he, he can, only, he can only think of, of his relationships in terms of instrumentality. He can yeah. use Mantis as for melatonin, he can use Peter as a battery. Yeah. And yeah. there's some nice resonance in the they same are way that they in. use uh, Nebula. Yeah. 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 Again, some nice residents. If they're both his kids, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I think I think that uh, James Gunn has denied that that is uh, mm-hmm. that that is the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, but e- but even even if that's not the case, he's still a fucking asshole. Uh, yeah. and the point still stands. Mm-hmm. But well, I, I think uh, in terms of family, the, the one blood. thing I was actually
1: going to mention about Yondu was that I think there was there's a version of this where like. The, the, there's a bad version of this story where like Yandu is was a was the perfect parent compared mm-hmm. to to Ego mm-hmm. and I like that they acknowledge that Yandu was not a perfect father that he oh yeah and <laughs> even Yandu like Yandu's final lines were I'm sorry I didn't get all right yep. but I'm I'm so happy that you're my boy mm-hmm. and you know that 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 moment of like he Yandu is a, a parent he is a real he is his daddy like he does love him and
2: yeah, literally yeah. lays his and he life didn't
0: down. eat him when he had the chance, as we're reminded yeah. yeah. several times. That's he the most defended, important sign of a parent. And again, Derek? in terms of
3: instrumentality, he yep. didn't yep. just want him because he was skinny and could use. Like yep. that yep. is the exact way that oh, that, that he, did, go with the music.
4: Uh, he did chase him away when uh, he got too big. Uh, yep. because it's established at the end that uh, Peter has become too big. To uh, run that bomb yes. down into his dad's yeah. brain, uh, yeah. so they need baby. They need a yet smaller child to do it for them.
0: Derek, like I, ju- I just want to yeah. say, <laughs> when you have
3: violence, a whole new generation of yeah. child soldiers.
1: Yeah, Cody, twenty twelve. One of the things that Michael Rooker oh,
2: actually said Jesus. is that. Um... <laughs> 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 wow. <laughs>
4: Oh god, those poor child soldiers. Oh. Uh, also, all the gold people are grown in tubes, and they have no family relationships whatsoever. Yes. But they and
2: love they arcades. are terrible,
4: and also they suck at flying their video game ships. Yep.
1: I, um, I love the—I the, uh, love the setup of the video game ship. Oh yeah, oh, that's I TV love that. That is, that sucks. is exactly <laughs> great. It's yeah. arcade. It's wonderful. Yes.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, one of the things that Michael Rooker actually said. Um, uh, was that at the very end of the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie when he opens up the um, the orb and he finds the troll mm-hmm. doll? Is that you know, uh, Yandu smiles at that moment, and the way Michael Rooker played the way that what Michael Rooker was sort of th- internally thinking in that moment is he's okay. I yep. taught him well. He's going to be okay. He, yep. I taught. I'm him so proud okay of my boy. And he, and me. And like, he got like, me. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, not just he got me, but like I taught him well enough that I don't need to worry about him all the yeah. time now. Yeah, like he he, he he can make his own way.
0: Um, I, I just I, I want to say how so blanket statement I did not remember this film super fondly I remember enjoying it and then it kind of going away I'm um, not yeah. really thinking about it I really really enjoyed it on this view and yeah. I'm utterly delighted that this major blockbuster from 2017 <laughs> starred Michael Rooker like yeah he, he <laughs> is arguably the central character in the film yeah it's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I love
3: it's it. Great. Yeah. I had a I had a similar thing of like I remember seeing this in theaters and I'm sorry did I uh, cut you off Derek? No. no. Oh, okay. Um uh, I remember seeing it in theaters and being kind of disappointed like I think uh-huh. maybe just because of expectations from the previous uh uh-huh. the previous Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Uh, but uh, yeah, I've watched. I think this is the third time I've watched it, and I've liked it a whole lot more both of the times. Yeah, uh, I, I think it's not quite at like the top tier of Marvel movies, but I think mm-hmm. it's like floating like pretty comfortably and like near the top of like the the you know the B rank, the A rank, an the S rank. How, however, we want to mm-hmm. like rank these. know uh, uh, yeah, we- I remember having a similar sort of reaction to that.
1: We just two notes. I want to make sure we remember to talk about. I we should talk about Gamora and Nebula. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was one other thing I want to make sure we we touched. On. Oh right, Rocket, Rocket, and Rocket, um, how Rocket and Rocket uh, and Yondu are very much about depression and self hatred and self. Oh yeah, like, yeah,
2: they, they... They,
1: uh, yeah. They mask their emotions.
4: Um, I I also want to talk about uh, the significance of uh, the Fleetwood Mac "Break the Chain." song yeah aside uh, for just I, being an
1: a awesome song oh yeah great stuff uh,
2: like it works very well as well
1: yeah
4: yeah because i i feel like and forget i don't know the whole history of fleetwood mac and the actually we should probably wait until stefan's back because i'm sure he knows more about this than
3: uh, i feel like if any of us know about the history of fleetwood I, yeah. mac and Stefan.
4: i mean i know some and i would like to like your, listeners it, so let, me, until... let me
3: give you a glimpse behind the scenes.
4: Peeing right now. Whoa. Well, we don't know what he's doing right now. He's
3: left. He's he told, gone. He told us. He, all right. Uh, to be fair, yes, Devin claimed to be peeing right now.
4: I meant that he could be washing his hands right now. We don't actually know
1: what at, at what point What's, in the sequence he is. We can. Right. One thing we can talk about maybe <laughs> in is um
4: quick. Someone turn we, on the Stefan bathroom camera.
1: This is at this point. At this point in the Marvel movies, like we are very clearly like. Heading down the Infinity War path, you know, right? Yeah. Like you know, everything's going to be
3: Thanos is not in this movie, but he's in a lot of this movie. He, you he know, a lot, yeah, of exactly. About
1: there, Thanos looms over this movie in a big way, but also in a way that doesn't feel like it's part of the Infinity War buildup. If that makes sense, like mm-hmm. another times yeah. he he looms in the sense that everyone's like, oh, Thanos is coming, Thanos is coming. But in this one, he looms much more in the sense that he is another, in this case, absent example of a poor father, and and again. Also, I mean, Thanos, when we meet Thanos, he and Igor are very different. Like, um, I think they're both narcissists, but in very different Mm -hmm. ways. Like, and Thanos is also a narcissist in that his children are of use to his. Thanos is a narcissist in the sense of his ideals, not of his person. Mm -hmm. And to him, his children are all instruments in his crusade. And, Mm -hmm. you know, he makes them fight each other. He toughens them up. He rebuilds them. Not because he wants them to be stronger or he cares, but because they need to be better instruments for his crusade. And the the way that, you know, the moment where, like, Gamora and Nebula are literally, like, they're trying to kill each other. and But they're not actually angry at each other. They're pissed off at Thanos. They're pissed hmm. off at their father, the man who did this to them. And, uh, and, and when Nebula is like, I wanted a sister, and Gamora is like, I was a child. I was terrified and just trying to stay alive every day. Yeah. You know, yep. it, 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 like again, Thanos looms over this movie because he is another absent example of a narcissistic parent, another bad dad, soccer dad. Yeah,
3: but I think yes. it's also interesting. You know, you talked about uh, this is in terms of like build up for Infinity War, and like if you go back to the first, um, the first Guardians uh, movie. Uh, yep. Trick is leaving now while I'm trying to direct a point right at him. Uh anyway, um but yeah, I mean if you go back to it like that movie is, you know, it's setting up the characters uh in in a lot of ways, but it's also it's setting up the Infinity War. It probably does maybe the most heavy lifting of it establishes movie very outside. clearly the mythology like, of the Infinity War. Outside, outside of like one of the like labeled Avengers movies, I think Guardians of the Galaxy is like the most about the oh, Infinity I, War, I think like, it's the one that it's, it's the one the, that uh, it's the one that actually explains what the Infinity Stones are like and introduces Thanos
0: as an actual character instead of just like a face turning to camera.
4: Well, Thor and uh, Guardians of the Galaxy are the ones that leave Earth, so yeah.
3: you know they they. Oh, yeah, uh, but again, and th- but then we get into the second movie, which is also, you know, how many movies are we, are we aware away from Infinity War? Oh, let me tell
0: you, uh, one, two, three, four. We got Homecoming, Ragnarok,
3: Black Panther, and then we're in Infinity War. All right, so we're like within spitting distance of Infinity War. Nothing going on in this movie is about the Infinity War. Like the only sure. like other than other than Gamora and Nebula talking about their daddy issues, talking about Thanos a lot, which does some good characterization. It's effective in terms of setting up this villain who who will be meeting you know properly, and also of
0: setting Game. up Nebula's entire arc in Endgame, which is a pretty critical yeah point. Of but
3: view. Uh, but yeah, we don't get you know we have a mention of the the fact there was an Infinity War in the previous thing, but like. You would think that like uh, we had a space movie, it set up the Infinity War. We're having another space movie right before the Infinity War. This is in no way about the Infinity War. Nothing about the next three films:
0: Homecoming, Ragnarok, and Black Panther. None of them are about the Infinity War. Like they are all Uh, about positioning characters into different places, but.
3: yeah, the closest the closest I would say is uh, Black Panther, just because it's like setting up Wakanda, which will be a major location. But even and even then, it's,
4: Ragnarok also establishes the like-
3: very
0: end of Ragnarok mm-hmm. leads into it because that's when Thanos' ship shows yeah. up to take the Asgardians. But yeah. the, the plots of those films do not lead into it; they are all characterization getting elements in place but not actually mm. about the central conflict yeah
3: about well, what are uh, and, and even even the uh like the mid credit end credit scenes i mean what are we have we have peter and like now teenage groot uh yep and Ooh. like him being moody I'm trying to remember we have like adam warlock which yep. you know we'll, we'll probably see off. the trigger pulled on that in guardians 3 but it's not it's not setting up uh, the uh, Infinity War in the way that like no. Thanos showing up is the mid-credit scene of Ragnarok. The, the, the of only Ragnarok, real right? way
1: it sets up for a Thanos in Infinity War at all is that the last time we see Nebula is she's going off to try and kill Thanos. Yep. Yeah. Um, and when we when we encounter her in Infinity War, she's attempted and failed. It clearly
3: did not work out. It did not <laughs> work out well for her. No, she is very much disassembled.
1: Uh, um yes. um that's which in some high level body horror, by the way, that, that scene is terrifying. Yeah, oh man.
3: yeah. And that shot where like you're, like in perspective, kind like she seems to be assembled and then it breath. rotates and yeah. oh my god. Yeah, like,
1: like you're like, oh wait, the Rusas are pretty good
3: at this. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh my god, it's like when I went to see that terrifying thing with all those uh what was it? body works, that weird thing oh, where yeah. they had yeah, all those, those skeletons. Or, yeah. Oh yeah. That was a weird. That was a weird moment yeah. where we were all like, we "Yeah, it's all skeletons." Awesome. Right. How many work is
4: featured in the cell? Uh,
0: mm. I, I know who you're talking about, but I don't know the name. It's how many times do you think Joe and Anthony Russo have on the set of an Avengers film looked at each other and one of them has winked at the other and said, "You know, there was money in that banana stand."
4: <laughs> 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 Excellent. Um, um I, uh, in a movie. Two uh, two, two things, uh, one of which I brought up you, earlier. Even but, more
3: like Charlie Hunnam now. How did that happen? <laughs>
1: <laughs> bought a motorcycle while Stefan was in the bathroom. Yeah, we're gonna look away. And he's just gonna add, have added like 30, 40 pounds of muscle. Yeah, yeah. Whoa,
5: <laughs> whoa, um.
4: Uh, I uh I also think that Stan Lee's cameo is really important because this is the one the where all of his cameos converge. Yep. Ah. Yes. Uh, they, and this time I was you I was a mail delivery, delivery man. Yeah. Uh, Tony totally. Stank. Thank Tony you for stank. that. Yep. <laughs> thank thank you for that. Never gonna let <laughs> uh, that one down. By Tony's the way, they to get the watchers stank.
1: to get the watchers, they actually this is this is why Neg- this is how they were able to change uh in Deadpool, Negasonic Teenage Warhead's different power set because than in the comics. That's mm-hmm. actually how they got Utah the Watcher. They had they needed Marvel Studios permission to change her powers, mm. and they said okay, but in return, we want the Watcher.
2: Oh, mm. Interesting.
4: Yeah. Um, and the other the other thing I brought up, Wait. and uh, when I'm done, Stefan, you can probably Is correct and or expand on me. X Men character. Fantastic. What, uh,
0: uh, it's fantastic.
3: Court. Oh, okay.
4: Um. So uh, I stand ready to Fleetwood correct. Max. Uh, Fleetwood Max, break the chain. Uh, mm-hmm. Recorded for the Rumors album. And right I take now. that song to be about you know the promises made during marriage, but mm-hmm. also the promises made by a band. And even though the 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 marriages were dissolving during the recording of that album, they did manage to record the album and to make
0: the best album they ever made.
4: Yes, and but therefore they you know the promise I I you know I'll never break the chain like was carried out. And Mm -hmm. it it seems so significant that they use that during this movie, Mm -hmm. which is all about family relationships being broken, but also being maintained during times of crisis. So it it felt like uh, very significant Mm to me, Uh, very emotionally like I have nothing
0: nothing to add to that, except that rumors is a great album. But you don't need me to tell you that.
4: Well, yeah. Well, actually, I've never heard the whole "Rumors" album. What? I, songs. I have also,
3: I have also never heard all of "Rumors." I haven't it, either. It's Derek. We... It's incredible,
5: <laughs> Derek. We... Have you listened to all of "Rumors"? Not in one sitting, but I've yeah. almost certainly heard all of
0: the it's real good <laughs> it's because every song on that album was a hit and you've heard it all on the radio <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I yeah. at, it's, at it's like the list.
0: first it's like the first Boston album like you don't sit down and listen to the first Boston album but you've heard every song in the first Boston
3: album hi <laughs> I don't know if I believe that that's true. So I, here's oh, a question. For I, you. I, I'm, I'm going to pull up the first Boston. i not album.
4: name one song by Boston right now. I guarantee but I, okay. I well, will recognize All the right, I'm
0: going to read up No, we are going off on this
3: tangent because you're. All right,
4: yeah. let's do it.
0: all let's right. Do it. We all, what, all
3: right, dude. This is unusual. Stefan is not normally Stephen, the person who does. Yes, dude. Stephen, here's, here's, Stephen weirdly loves Boston.
0: No, I love the first Boston album. All right, dude. Here's side one of the first Boston album. Uh, More than a feeling.
3: That's your pleasure song. I know that one. Uh, second
0: one? Peace of Mind. Uh, and Foreplay slash Long Time. You have heard these songs. Uh, Maybe? The sec-
3: I don't recognize the titles.
0: You
4: have. Yeah, uh, I don't recognize a lot of titles <laughs> off of Rumors, but I know that I've heard a lot yeah. of the songs but yeah. I don't know the titles. I don't,
3: so, to be fair, I don't, I don't recognize the titles of albums I've heard like 50 times. I don't know the names you, of those songs.
0: Well, you once we were watching Superman the movie in college, and you once pointed at Superman on screen and said, ah, uh, what's his name?
3: <laughs> I did do that. Yeah. I did do that. I did refer to Superman on screen. He was literally, he was doing that thing where he like spins on the sidewalk and goes yep. into the uh, ground. Yep. I told him uh, oh, what's his name saying? during
5: that moment. A yep. uh, little spinny guy. Uh, second <laughs> half Second
0: half of the album, uh, there's no conkers on there, but rock and roll band you've heard, smoking you've heard. Hitch a Ride and Something About You You May Not Have Heard, and then the close on the album is Let Me Take You Home Tonight, which you've definitely heard. That's by Eddie Money. (laughs)
3: Yeah.
5: (laughs) Take me
0: home tonight. Uh, No, very different songs. Take Me Home Tonight is a different song than Let Me Take You Home
4: Tonight. Oh, okay. Boston was big into consent. Let Me Take You Home Tonight. Those should be the songs for like competing commercials for Lyft or Uber. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's
0: a it's a real A side B side, <laughs> great double feature. Take me home. So here's tonight. a question for you:
5: guys. Is it
0: about rumors? Died
5: 1966, and wrote on the crumpled up piece of paper his last words. His last words being Kurt, Kurt Russell. Russell. Was he trying to warn humanity about ego? Mm. Oh. Is this a transmedia, interdimensional warning at this point? From Uncle Walt? I mean, and at this minute, point, is this really true? Is this true? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I know. Yeah. Walt already, Disney's
3: dying words were Kurt Russell. Well, the, it, it,
5: his last words, in the sense of he was holding a piece of paper that had Kurt Russell. Written he it. wrote down. He, after
3: he had written it down. Was, yeah, this has to be like the strongest boy in the world. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Like yeah I mean, he was, he was works, the star of a bunch of, you know, a bunch yeah. of those 60s Disney films. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, huh. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, I didn't
1: either. That's amazing. So, so here's the thing. Uh, one thing, actually, uh, there. Are two, I've got two things I want to make sure we talk about. Uh, one, I want to talk one more is, about
0: Kurt Russell, but I'll do that after you talk about this.
1: Okay. One is I did want to touch on. Um, the Rocket's self hatred and how, like, it's actually a really good depiction of, of, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. of self loathing. Also, just the way it, it, it contracts with, um, well, it's different because, like, uh, the reason, um, Yantu hates himself because of the stuff that he's done. Yep. Rocket seems to hate himself because he, that's just what he was taught. That's what the... he was, he was, he was a science project mm-hmm. and he just assumes he must be a horrible person. Yep. And, like, Rocket, so much pain in that little kid and that little body. And, like, I, I know Bradley, you hate him. I, I know you hate him, right. Nick, but Bradley Cooper is actually really good at playing Rocket. Yeah. Um, he really at least I don't have to look at his smug goddamn face. <laughs> <laughs> if Bradley Cooper looks like a raccoon, I'd feel much better about it. Also, yeah. by the way, I didn't know this. They're not digitally altering Bradley Cooper's voice at all. He actually Oh, yeah. Like, good yeah. Man. Like, I actually assumed for the longest time that they were, like, pitching his voice up to yeah. make yeah. him more raccoon. No, that, really no that's He's, he's, actually not, yeah. vo- he's actually a yeah, pretty he good voice he's actually a pretty good voice out anything
3: apparently. like uh, bradley cooper which again no, you, may, well,
1: which helps me helps
3: me immensely i'm very curious so one, uh, one day whether... you're gonna meet bradley
1: cooper and he's just gonna be nice and polite and he'll, he'll buy you a milkshake to you and you're gonna yeah. feel like such a heel I, uh, I
4: i'm very curious if the same is true of groot and vin diesel uh
1: uh, it's funny we pitching. brought up Fast and Furious
4: earlier, but we forgot the Vin oh, Diesel. Oh yeah, Vin Diesel Diesel's
1: in this. <laughs> <laughs> well, like it's just funny. Like I remember when they first cast Vin Diesel as Groot, and no one and a lot of people I knew were like, "Why are they doing that? What a waste!" time. No, he's the Iron Giant. You don't have to understand. Yeah. Vin Diesel. He's very good Vin at using going. a wide range of vocal talent for very limited dialogue. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like he, he's actually the. I literally can't think of a better person, more well-equipped to handle he's this great. role than Vin Diesel. Yeah. Yep. So, um,
0: I want to talk about Kurt Russell for a
1: minute. Uh, I want to it, talk the, about
3: Disney's dying words. Okay, which, are, which were Kurt
4: Russell, so this
0: dovetails. No,
3: no, no, probably apparently there were no more was to it. Given it was land
4: and world people. named after him.
3: The, no, the, the note as uh, that I have found online, Ron Miller, two, Way Down Cellar, two, Kurt Russell, three, CIA, Mobley. Who is, <laughs> who is this person at the CIA named Mobley who huh. murdered Kurt Russell?
1: <laughs> and and replaced, replaced him with him a duplicate. Yeah. <laughs> Um, a duplicate who is very good in Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. Volume 2, I must say. So,
0: Kurt Russell, I love him. Um, I, are you guys familiar with Kurt Russell's baseball career? A little uh, bit, actually. Okay, so there's a great I, documentary. I've heard of,
4: no, I'm sorry, I've never seen Major League. Yeah. Oh, that was Charlie Sheen. Uh, yeah, there's I know, a I was great documentary. I've docu- also never seen it, so it's, it's know, real good. I legitimately don't know.
0: <laughs> but there's a documentary uh, that you can see on Netflix uh, that is not Major League. It's called The Battered Bastards of Baseball. And it's fantastic. Kurt Russell's father was Bing Russell. And Bing Russell was like a Hollywood character actor in the 50s and 60s. And did a lot of TV and kind of that that thing. Um, He was also a baseball enthusiast who was obsessed with the art of hitting in baseball. And in the 70s, he acquired a minor league baseball team called the Portland Mavericks, which was the last unaffiliated minor league baseball team in the U S and ran it. And his kind of guiding philosophy was every player deserves one more season. So he was just running a baseball team to have fun with it. Um, apparently growing up in addition to being a Disney actor, Kurt Russell was a hell of a baseball player. Kurt Russell was at one point in time, a double a baseball player, um, like, on his way to the majors, he was hitting, like, well over 300 Um, as a double-A player, going to triple-A, and busted his rotator cuff in mm. a double play Ooh. in the 70s. And this was, like, the 70s, a busted rotator cuff, you're done. There's not, like, the medical procedures you can do now. Um, So, he was going to be a Major League Baseball player, uh, and instead he went on to be Kurt Russell, the actor.
3: I am having... I'm having intense deja vu. Has this come up on the podcast it's somehow possible. before? It's I don't possible. think so.
2: I may have I probably had this before. conversation I... in college or something. Yeah,
0: I, I, think I think it's an amazing story. I fucking Another one, one, of, the, uh,
1: another one of the uh, people on the team with Kurt Russell was uh, three-time was Academy Award-nominated writer-director Todd, Todd Fields. Fields.
0: Yeah, Todd, No, Ooh. Todd Fields was the bat boy.
1: Oh, Todd Fields boy. was the
0: bat boy on that team. He was, he was like, okay, so Todd Fields at the time... Was the Bat Boy on the team, and he and one other guy on the team invented Big League Chew? Wow! <laughs> what? Yes, Todd. Like uh, the <laughs> Big League Chew uh, was. Um, I'm on the Wikipedia page right now. It was created by Portland Mavericks left-handed pitcher Rob Nelson and Bat Boy Todd Field. <laughs> what? Yes, they invented Big League 2 together.
4: Watch the Battered Bastards of Baseball. It's amazing. Original flavor or grape flavor? Because grape flavor. flavor is the far superior flavor. Original flavor. (laughs)
3: <laughs> now, I no offense to grape flavor which is very good. Uh I would not I I would be less impressed with somebody if they had invented Big League Chew grape flavor as opposed to just the concept oh. of Big League Chew. <laughs> are you
2: kidding me? They were just like sitting around say, like
3: eating you, Big League Chew and you know what I wish this was great flavor
4: before inventing the regular unflavored gum or gum flavored gum. Yeah. That would be that'd be a hell of a vision right there. Yeah. I mean, that person is what- Making moves that make moves.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: One thing this uh, one the thing technology
3: been... wasn't there yet. They had to wait thirty years wait before they three. could they, they, pretty yeah. much George
1: Lucas of Major League <laughs> Chew
3: invented. Yeah. Yes. The their vision out uh out uh outpaced man's graphs. They could yeah. not invent grape flavored big league yeah. chew yet. They had to wait.
2: <laughs> they had to wait
3: until <laughs> yeah. grape flavoring had been invented. Yeah. Yes. One, they were one trying thing. to
4: make it out of just shredded grapes.
1: one uh one other thing i actually there's one other sort of like very minor world building plot point that they established in this uh movie that i actually kind of like and and ends up like playing a lot in some of the other greater mcu world building because this is otherwise a pretty sectioned off Mm -hmm. mcu movie um this is where they really establish the whole uh, space travel in this universe is done via jump gate which is to say like you know there, there is a gate. You go through that gate, and you get to another side. But it's like it's fixed points, and that's yeah. that's how that is how all travel is done in this universe. Yeah, um, yeah, that's, what,
0: that's pretty subtle. It's actually really did good. that
1: come up at? I I don't think that came up at all in the
3: uh, in the first movie. I if, don't remember. If it
1: did, it was not it was not very not... well heavily played. Yeah. Oh yeah, um, I, guess but, it, I guess that is kind of true. Of that uh, that's even how
4: the uh, Asgardians travel because they have well actually well, about
2: about86 about, about,
4: a- point they
0: travel on so, the einstein Rosenbridge well, thank you very that's much. Actually,
1: that's what I was about to get to um is that it, this actually sets up two very good pieces of world building later on is that one it explains why in captain Marvel there's so it's such there there's so much focus on building that the sort of the engine that they're working on the the hyperspeed engine because mm-hmm. it would mean that that's a huge military advantage mm-hmm. if you don't need the gates to travel it also mm-hmm. explains why the Asgardians guardians basically are considered to be the, the supreme space badasses of, of space, because it's not just that Thor can juggle railroad cars, um, although he can, and that definitely helps make people scared of him, it's that they have literally a thing which lets them just teleport to wherever they want at any given yeah. moment. Mm. And like, because, like you know, it's strange. not... Exactly, like, they, they can literally just be like, oh, you think you're safe because you're, you're, you're you've got a big wall between your jump gate and us? Well, no, you're wrong we we set up the the rainbow bridge has just planted four and like 500 berserker Asgardian soldiers you are screwed in the middle of your town
3: and it makes and it and it makes sense from like a plot perspective why they like we have we we have written ourselves into a corner this is how people travel through space we must destroy asgard as soon as possible because like because like infinity
1: like like imagine space marvel if everybody was just warping everywhere Well, R- Ragnarok, will, we'll deal with this when we talk about Ragnarok, but yeah. like Ragnarok also really does feel like the moment that Thanos can start, Thanos can Infinity Ward up because I think it it does feel like some of his, what he would mm. want to do is being held in check that he, he can't as easily pick a fight with Odin and yeah. get away with it, and he knows that.
3: Yeah, I mean, they kind of disposed of this as being what was actually going on, but, like, we, we did establish in Thor 1 or 2 that the Infinity Gauntlet was in Asgard's uh, Yeah, But then vault, we established in Ragnarok uh, that it's a fake. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's we retconned that away, but,
2: yeah.
3: Okay. Uh, I, but I, no, now it, that you mention it, I wish that had been something that, like, they... that they made more explicit. Like, if the, if he is making his moves now because, like, yes... They Fuck do the
1: guardians, do they? Yeah, in Infinity War, um, he, ex- um, when they go to the Eitri, the dwarf king, uh, Peter Dinklage specifically says, um, where were you? You are no supposed to protect, protect us anymore. Yeah, that's w- mm. that's why Thanos was able to roll in and force him to make the Infinity Gauntlet and kill him. Ah, Odin. okay, that makes the, sense. The, the implication being that if if Asgard had been around and Odin had been there, Thanos may not have been so quick to just try and. Militarily yeah. roll through mm. there because he would have had a huge yeah. fight on his hands. He might not have been able to win.
3: Patrick. Mm. Now have... I'm wondering about the timing, though, because like, like Ragnarok happens. there like, is he doing it during like where everyone's distracted or like literally afterwards? Because uh, I get the impression that like he rolls up on the Asgardian ship like pr- pretty right away. Well, how much? It's... How much
0: time? We're I getting ahead of ourselves in the Ragnarok yeah. front, but well, there's, there's some. There is well, some we'll period of yeah. There's some period of time, post-Dark World, pre-Ragnarok, where Odin's out of pocket. And no one oh, knows that's it. True. Yeah. But if yeah. Thanos knows it, then he can start moving. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. All right. um, again, yeah. we are very far off, uh, off topic. Well, I'm about, Let's I'm talk have about to get,
3: rumors some more. I'm going to yeah, get, get further off it's topic. So cute, it
4: makes me want to die. <laughs> uh,
0: um, Patrick, I have a question for you. Um, yep. And you, you can answer this off the record, and I'll let it out. What the hell ever happened to Todd Field?
1: Oh. <laughs> I thought you were going somewhere else with that? No. Uh, like he hasn't made a movie yet. Tell, tell us years. about your dad. <laughs> Please cut that out. I will. Dad. I will cut that out. But tell me about Todd Field. Thank th- thank you. Uh I don't have any information about okay. Todd Field. I mean, you know, the thing about um I'm just I'm just l- like looking at his Wikipedia page. Um he's apparently somewhat of a recluse. Mm-hmm. He's working in mostly theater right now. Mm-hmm. Um he's he's got some things in he's got some things that nothing has been greenlit yet um like here's the thing about hollywood is that like people can go very long time can go a long time in between projects just trying to get projects made Mm. um you know i i I think i've i've joked before all projects out here are schrodinger's projects Mm. they both exist and don't exist until the waveform collapses and either i get paid and someone gets paid or they don't um and it's entirely possible he's just trying to get something made, and that can even be the, like, you, you. Let's take a good example. It is assumed that Bong Joon Ho can now just like walk into.
0: Oh no, he cut out when he's talking about Bong Joon Ho. Oh no, no.
4: Trump got him. I blame the Illuminati.
0: Yep. Well, we'll get the end of this story at some point.
3: The parasite got him. Well, that was the plot of that movie, right? Yeah, it was yeah. a remake of The yeah. Tingler. Yeah, exactly. The Parasite uh, is oh, in the theater!
0: Was... Oh my god.
3: Uh, um, uh, uh, featuring a <laughs> William Castle's Parasite. I think Parasite
5: would be in Submergio.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: Waka waka waka. What was, let's see, Emerjo was like he just threw a goddamn skeleton out of the screen. <laughs> yeah. has, I'm trying to remember what the 13 Ghosts was, what, where you had like the red and the blue, and like you could see ghosts or you could not oh, see ghosts. Oh, um, uh, like spook vision or something. <laughs> uh,
0: 13 Ghosts was Illusio, Illusion. And the Tinkler was Perceptor. He had the
3: worst names. Anyway. Yeah, Patrick, right, sorry, you, you wait, said welcome everyone
0: assumes Bong Joon-ho can walk into and then you cut out. So what was your point about Bong Joon-ho? So
1: we just uh, decided to start talking about William Castle's. William Castle's Parasite. Okay. Uh, so basically my point is like, you know, Bong Joon-ho just got a Best Picture Oscar, got yep. more Oscars in one night of anybody since Walt Disney. Mm-hmm. And you'd think that, that he could then walk into any movie studio in the world and go, me and my golden friends here, you think you should greenlit our movie but even he has to go through this process, and like it's it's kind of bonkers. it It just it takes a long time. It can be very hard to get almost anything made. so it it's possible that nothing's happening to him. He's just having trouble getting anybody to talk, to agree to to finance his next film. Um, or he maybe he became a recluse, and is only working in the theater right now. who knows?
2: Is, well, yeah, that true you're except
4: for Mr. Hollywood. I thought Mr. Hollywood can just sign people, yeah, Bob Hollywood. <laughs> Well, <laughs>
5: um, then you're only you're only as powerful uh, as you know your last project, and if your last project
1: was what 15 years ago, yeah, so his I'm last I mean, project it... was 2010 and did get a bunch of Oscar noms.
0: No, it was Little Children, yeah, which was tw- uh, 2006. Uh, 2000. No, no, he did something after that. I thought really. I Thought mm. so. Anyway, I mean, Little Children got a bunch of Oscar nominations, yeah. but it was go 14
3: or... years ago. I'm going to go ahead and admit at this point that I have no fucking idea who we're talking about. Other than the fact that Todd Field uh, he, he did the uh,
4: voice of old Drippy on Aqua Teen Hunger
3: yep. Force.
1: <laughs> oh, you're right. He, did, he last thing was in 2006. Yeah. He oh, he's, that is he he has
0: directed two films. He directed Little yeah. Children, which was the movie that Jackie Earl H- Haley got nominated for an Oscar for. Um yeah. and in, he directed In the, bed in the Bedroom,
4: room. which was uh the first film that I saw uh what's his face? Tom Wilkinson. In, uh no. Uh, what? the 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 kid who gets killed at the end of the first act.
1: Uh. The most, the most, the most recent thing he did was he was oh, no, no, uh, trying right. to adapt Jonathan Franzen's novel *Purity* um, into a into a twenty into a Showtime series. Next call. Next call. Um, but there, there's no one's heard about what's happened since then. Um, so there may just be they may still be working on trying to get that made. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hollywood right. is weird, guys. Well, at, at
3: least he's got that. He's got the safe cushion of that big league chew money.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah.
3: I if only he invented the grape. That's where so the money so, so,
1: is. Genuinely, <laughs> like, I love doing that because it does explain how he can kind of do this. Because I often do sometimes go, "How does David Lynch make enough money to support himself?" Because he hasn't really. He, he's very hitter. He kind of vanishes for long periods of time, and yet. Because that, his films, uh, his films I are constantly in circulation. That's true. That's
0: true. Yeah. Anyway, also, I can't
4: imagine David Lynch lives very extravagantly.
2: No,
3: he's got to buy he... that wood for his woodworking.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: He... Oh, and he—he's—he's uh, got to—he's got to make money to eat all those meals at Bob's Big Boy.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's—he
4: strikes the me as uh, for his,
3: for his long-standing Boy. sponsorship deal with Big Boy. He's a
1: very frugal man. Yeah, yeah.
3: I mean, that monkey didn't come cheap, in that thing that I it's just true. heard about an hour ago. But
4: he's got all that money from that book he wrote, uh, "Catching the Big Fish" about transcendental meditation.
3: Mm. Yeah.
4: Oh, and he's got, got that coffee beauty. company,
3: or yeah. that comic strip, "The Angriest Dog in the World."
2: That's Marmaduke. What? He did a <laughs> Tell <comic> me David <laughs> Lynch
3: invented Marmaduke. <laughs> He had a comic strip, the angriest Marmaduke. dog in the world. It was a, it was one stri- it was one panel, it was the same piece of art every single time. Marmaduke, we're talking about Marmaduke.
5: That that is a film hey, I want to see now. David Lynch's Marmaduke. The dog is angry, but less, not
0: angry the way you and I are angry. He
5: buries bones in the backyard.
0: Only he's he knows the know where, where the bones are
2: <laughs> what. else and does Marvin Duke do? <laughs> he, gets he, Marv Duke,
1: he gets on the couch. Marvin Duke yeah, he's, will, he's in this version, in be portrayed by Kyle MacLachlan yeah. on all fours. He's is
2: on
3: the tw- couch. Is this what David Lynch sounds like? Have I never heard David Lynch speak? Have you never heard? You've yes, watched you, Twin you, Peaks. Well, well, yeah, Gordon, I've you have seen Twin
1: Peaks, so you know what he sounds like. Yeah.
3: I guess this is not sounding to me like how I am imagining David Lynch in my mind. Well, mom. you have to
1: remember, he he shouts in Twin Peaks, although I actually recently learned the reason he shouts in, in Twin Peaks was that he was actually very, very nervous about his <laughs> acting abilities. That's great. Oh. So he they came up with the shouting so thing. Gave, so that to he, help him give a so more he,
0: naturalistic performance. <laughs> yes, yeah, so
1: it, it was genuinely, he yeah. was just like oh, too I'm anxious sure. about acting. Sure, they were yeah. like would uh, just make him yell all the time. I'm, I'm, I'm nervous.
5: So since we're oh my so- god! What guys?
1: What? What if David
5: Lynch just started a period where he was adapting all of the like worst comic strips? So it's <laughs> like David Lynch's Marmaduke, David Lynch's Family
2: Circus, David Lynch's Kathy, Bailey, oh David Lynch's Dennis the Menace.
3: Yep. <laughs> David Lynch's High and Lois, mm-hmm. David Lynch's <laughs> Sally Kathy,
2: David Lynch's Kathy, David mm-hmm. Lynch's Dave- BC. David
0: Lynch's Mallard Fillmore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that he's a doc um so if we're uh like we're super far afield right now this is i'm about to say something to you and i'm not going to ask you to do this because it's an absurd commitment of time did you guys watch the youtube video that went around a few months ago about the explanation of twin peaks um it was no. like on the it's,
1: i heard of it once it's four and a half hours long
0: Okay. It's four and a half <laughs> hours work. long.
1: My ADHD cannot handle yes. that.
0: Um, no. I, d- I did watch it. It's extremely compelling. Um,
3: what? Can you... They can summarize it up into uh, a half uh, hour chunk. in a, few, in a yes. few words? Yes, it is. Um, I David
0: Lynch. Yep. The summary that this guy pitches, and he does a very good job of constructing the case, is... David Lynch is a troll. Well, no. Um, oh. <laughs> it's that... David Lynch, when he made Twin Peaks, wanted to make a show that was explicitly about television. Oh, yeah. That's- and that the structure and narrative of Twin Peaks is a TV show. It is a world in a TV show where the characters do not know they are in a show, but the mm-hmm. show knows it and the characters begin to suspect it. Um, and that the resolution where we reveal the killer of Laura Palmer is ultimately the show losing out to TV itself.
2: Hmm.
0: Um I mean, I guess the question
3: is... Yeah, I mean, like,
0: it, it's... Th- that is the best way I can summarize it. The video is very long. The guy does a very good job of, like, being very granular about the specifics of the show and not doing it in a way where it's like, and in this scene, the author meant this, and in this, like, it's, it's a well-done explanation. All right. Yeah. Know. It's four and a half just, hours long, so I'm not going to say watch it. But
3: Derek
1: is not convinced.
3: No.
0: <laughs>
1: okay. I, I
3: mean, just have I,
5: to. Be I want to
1: watch you. Me. I I do I cannot I do not have the ability to get through that. Yeah. I I can barely get I can barely I barely got through endgame. game. Um, um, that's a lie. I totally got through in game. Um, there it is. Uh, do, thank do you. That's a link.
2: I
0: think F- I final watched. thoughts, everyone? Yeah, we were really far afield. Um, I gave my final thought earlier. I watched this movie in theaters and enjoyed it, and it washed over me, and I didn't think about it much afterwards. And going back to this time, I enjoyed it a lot more, and I saw a lot more in it than I had really seen the first time, and I give it a thumbs up.
5: Okay. I had a similar experience, um, and actually watching it um, just a couple of hours ago, I didn't actually enjoy it as much as I, in retrospect, enjoyed it after uh, talking about it with you, fine
2: oh. gentlemen. Oh, we made your watch. That better. makes you feel
5: happy and
3: good. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll go next. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I'm, I'm on the same boat. I I found this movie a little disappointing the first time I saw it. I think I think some of that was just you know a, a bit of burnout on the Marvel movies up to that point. There was you know there's a fuck ton of them. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I think in in hindsight, uh, I think it's really good. Again, I still think it would really benefit from like if we can just get Peter and Yandu in a room earlier on. I, I think I think just giving us just a little bit more meat on that bone, uh, it would just help me in terms of like sticking the landing there. Um, and looking at my notes, the only thing I need to say uh, once again: California King Kofi. California King <laughs> Kofi. <laughs>
0: Uh,
4: uh dude i uh i mean i i liked this film in the theater i immediately liked it a lot more than the first one and uh why i watched it a week ago because i thought our podcast was last weekend <laughs> uh, and, but then it's usually i try to watch the movie twice uh in the last couple of years i've rarely managed to do that but this time okay. i actually looked forward to watching it again and had no trouble uh Doing so, so I yeah I think I liked it just as much the third time as I did the first and second time, uh, and uh, yeah I, I think it's I think it's great pretty solid.
1: I um I liked this movie the first time that I watched it it was uh that was kind of I was in a hard period of my life when I watched this movie for the first time, and when I saw it the second time I, but it also hit me a lot harder I think because the the themes. Were much more present at the front of my mind when I watched it, and I think it, what is for what is ultimately sort of a big dumb, what is in theory a big dumb sci-fi action comic book movie, it's playing with those things really hard. And like I like what that like I think Nick kind of put it very well when he's like the on some level the the Yandu Peter plot is like only ninety nine point five percent there, and I, I do agree like that you just need a little bit more to sell the idea. But I also think that like. You know, Michael Rooker and the themes are just so hell. Everything else layers on so well that even though it doesn't quite work on paper, in execution, it really does. Um, mm-hmm. And we talk, I, 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 one of my major jokes about the Marvel Cinematic Universe is that the the true evil is bad dads, because let's do a quick rundown of evil fathers in the Marvel universe. <laughs> the, uh, that'll be longer than the recording we've done. Yes. Uh, for, let's start with uh, Obadiah Stane, because he is, he is He's in, a father he, figure. He, he, he is a father figure. Um, Odin is a pretty crappy dad, as we will discuss in our next film. Mm-hmm. Um, we can say, say the same let's thing see. about Howard Stark.
3: Yep. Yeah. Howard, Howard Stark, Stark is Stark,
1: not a great dad. I mean, I
3: Stark, ice Loki's ice. Troll yep. ice, yeah, elf-y. whatever the fuck it's called.
1: Yep. Yeah, yeah, the ice king, the ice giant, the, the... the his Jotunheim, Jotun frost giant. Yep. Um, 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 what's
0: what's his name? General Ross. Not a great dad. General um, Ross is a
4: terrible dad. Yep. Thunderbolts. Doctor Erskine.
1: Doctor Erskine. Great dad. Yeah. Yeah, Doctor Erskine. Great dad. Um, let's even go to the Defenders for a moment. Uh, Stick, really shitty dad. <laughs> Stick is a terrible dad in the Daredevil in the Daredevil show. Mm, sure, um. Sure. Like you know, Marvel. The Marvel universe is, fil- and Thanos is a bad dad. Ego is a bad dad. You know, the the they're they're all full of bad dads. Mm-hmm. Alexander is Pierce, a- bad dad. Oh, yep. To- uh, Tony Stark, really- bad dad to Ultron. <laughs>
3: Ultron, bad dad. to Yeah. yeah. yeah bad 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 dad to Spider Man too.
1: Yeah. Better dad to Spider Man. Um. Yeah, or
3: better dad, but still not a great dad. Maybe no. more in the Yondu camp of be- so He's so all dad all trying bad. to
1: be a good dad. But then, well, like that, in there- this MCU, there's no Uncle Ben. No, um, I mean, there is, but he's, he's he's a light touch, and I actually think we all agree that's a good thing. No, I look forward to seeing um, the
0: flashback of uh, Uncle Ben uh, in uh, the, in the upcoming Spider-Man 3 film and yeah. seeing what actor they got to play him. But I'm the, betting on Jeffrey the, Wright.
4: Yeah. Ooh, that'd be good, actually. Um, uh, For some reason, <laughs> when you said Jeffrey Wright, I was picturing... Uh,
3: Jeffrey Rush? Yeah. No, the principal <laughs>
4: from Ferris Bueller's Day Off.
3: The, no, the no God Jeffrey, God not God. Jeffrey Jones. Not Jeffrey Jones. <laughs> not Jeffrey, Jones. Uh,
0: Jeffrey Jeff- Rush's Rush Uncle Run. Ben would be hilarious. <laughs> kind of A
3: whole barrel of
2: apples. <laughs> oh, my
1: great power.
3: Has Jeffrey Wright already shown up in an MCU movie? I feel like he's
0: No, but he something. is going to voice the Watcher in the What If series.
1: Ah, uh, okay, that's why no. that's why I already Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that's it. So um, but what I, right I guess that. what I was saying was that um I I'd like the fact that again the the counterpart to ego as just the worst dad mm. is is actually Yandu, who is not a good dad, but he's trying. And yep. his failures as a father are less because like ego's failures as a father are because he legitimately does not care. Yeah. And cannot care and does not know how to care. Um Yandu's failures are, as a father are Yandu cares so much again, like the, he, he's ready to die until he learns his boy is in trouble, and then he is literally willing to kill an entire ship full of people to to save him. Mm-hmm. Um, ya what he's doing: yeah, Yandu's failures as a father are because he wants this is the only thing he knows this is, he loves Peter, and this is the only way he knows how to express it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that's there's something very beautiful in that. Also, yep. uh,
4: everything that you said also works if you if you don't know that Ego is a character in this movie and you're just talking about someone's Ego being yes. a terrible father. Yes. Uh, but it's it's interesting to imagine uh, the sequel in
1: Guardians of the Galaxy 3 where they meet Super Ego and Id. <laughs> <laughs> as, as I believe it was... I was either Steph or Dare pointed out, the, the villain's name in this movie is more than a little on the nose, which yeah. is... He, he's so different from his character in the comics. He's also not Star Lord's father in the comics. Yep.
3: no. I mean, is he? Is, I think more... he's a, is he a villain in the comics? I don't think he is. He's so. he just he sort a of is. Of
1: he's a bit yeah, okay. like, he's a bit like Lactus. He's also oh, not as powerful.
4: We have no I'm, law to fit his. You're thinking on, of the <laughs> DC universe and Green Lantern's planet, aren't you?
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is exactly yeah. what I was. I was like, no, yeah. he's, he's, he's a good he's, guy. But no, you're right. yeah, I am thinking of the. Yeah, I'm thinking of the Green Lantern planet.
1: Yeah, um, and, it, and it, in the in the comics, uh, Star-Lord's father is, like, Jackson, J-Star, and he's, like, head of an he's intergalactic empire. He's a shittier empire.
0: version of Corsair. He's a he, Jojo. Honestly, he kind of is. I Corsair <laughs> was <laughs> a
4: shittier version of Corsair. Yeah. Corsair, no, is Corsair. an awesome version of Corsair. He's, he's no a Corsair space fan. He's the
0: video on demand Stummers. version of Corsair.
4: Oh, I know. I yeah, uh, Corsair was <laughs> for a long time the only X Men toy I had as a child. Oh, oh no, God, you sad boy. I chose him because he was a space pirate.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's fair. But no, he he's he's easily the he's. I do, I do think that when when Gunn made this change, it was easily the right call. Like mm-hmm. he's way more interesting. This is a way more interesting story than yeah. his just generic evil space dad.
3: Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> uh, and yeah, I think I think you, you know you you listed off a lot of those uh, bad dads uh, and. Some of them are literal dads, but most of them aren't. Like, this is, this is one of the few, like, actual bi- bio bad dads. Most of them are, you know, more
1: uh, mentors, father
3: mentors, father figures, sorts of things. Odin.
1: Mm-hmm. Odin. Well, We'll talk about Odin next time, because Odin yeah. is also Odin. super complicated. We'll I would say, you know, Odin time after
3: Michael next. Douglas and uh, Ant-Man also we could probably add to the list. Oh, of- yeah. I forgot about him. Oh, yeah. Too. Terrible yeah. father. Terrible father. Terrible father. Uh, Crusty anyway. Um, I think is that's... next.
0: Uh, next. Well, yeah, I don't know what is... Is... Let me
3: pull this up here. Thor.
0: Uh, no, it, it is Spider-Man. It's Spider-Man: Homecoming. Oh, okay. So oh, Spider-Man oh, okay. Spider-Man: Homecoming. Uh, uh, all right. Here, here are the ones we have left. Oh, wait. Uh, another Evil Dad. Yep. <laughs> yes. Vulture. Whalers. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, Spider-Man: Homecoming. Cool. Thor: Ragnarok. Black Panther has Bad Dad in it. Um, yes, it does. Uh, Infinity War. Deadpool Two. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Venom. Captain Marvel, Avengers Endgame, Dark Phoenix. Oh,
1: right. We're going to watch Ven- I'm actually gonna have to watch Venom. I'm actually going to so have
0: to watch Venom. Yeah, I haven't seen Venom. That. I'm so excited about Venom. Yeah, I, I, haven't I, seen Venom. Venom. I thought I was <laughs> never going to watch Venom from or my list of my life. Yeah. Derek, you sound sad. You sound yeah. skeptical. Venom. No? Yeah. Not, we've, not as crazy we've as entered a period
3: be. like we've, we've been in a period for a while where I've seen all the movies. We're entering into a period where there's going to be more that I haven't seen. Because I haven't seen Venom. I haven't seen Dark Phoenix. I haven't seen the last Spider-Man movie because I was... I was trying to finish the dissertation over the summer. I was a bit busy.
2: Um, yes. After Endgame,
4: I felt like I was done with the MCU for a long, long time. Spider-Man
0: Far From Home is... Uh, not to get too far out of You myself, say that
1: right? as part of a podcast that just yeah. does nothing but watches Marvel movies. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh,
0: far I was kind of glad is... that it was a while
4: before our next episode. Yeah.
0: Far From Home is like... It's an epilogue. And it's mm, fine. Yes. Um, yeah. And there's some anyway. weird shit that it sets up. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and is that the last
3: one we currently have? Is anything else Far from out Home some...
0: is the most recent one. Uh, the next Marvel no, movie coming is
4: more recent than Far from Home, isn't it? Not according to Wikipedia. Oh, okay. The next Marvel film the to come out is I think New Mutants. Yeah, yeah New Mutants, way. and then Guardians Three.
0: No, New Mutants. Uh, uh, here, here are the next five that Wikipedia has on the schedule. There have been many more announced. Okay.
4: Yeah, I haven't updated my list in yep. a long time. The
0: five that come out this year are the New Mutants, <laughs> Christ, Black Widow. Morbius, oh. Venom mm-hmm. Two, and the Eternals.
3: Oh, okay. I forgot that. I I remembered them announcing Morbius. I did not realize it was coming out this year. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yep, and it's it's going to feature Matt Smith, Jared Harris, and apparently Michael, Michael Keaton. Keaton. Yeah,
3: Michelle Keaton. Yeah. Keaton. Mike
1: Mike as probably as maybe vulture. I it's Michelle Keaton. Michelle Keaton. Michel
5: Keaton. <laughs> Michel
0: Keaton. Yes, Mr. as Keaton. the as <laughs> probably as the vulture.
4: God, I rewatched watched uh, The Other Guys recently yeah. with uh, mm. Will Ferrell and
2: mm-hmm. Mark
4: Wahlberg and Michael Keaton. <laughs> I felt like that was Michael Keaton's comeback movie. Uh, like, that and The man uh were the first times that I'd seen him in, you know, more than a decade or something. I fucking
3: love uh, Michael Keaton. Yeah, there's Keaton. definitely a period. Like, there was, like, a post-Jack Frost. He didn't really do a lot for a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was thinking of. I thought
4: I forgot for he was post Batman
3: Returns. I forgot about Jack Frost. Yeah, no, I'm sure I'm, Michael
1: Keaton would prefer to forget Jack Frost. I'm I've sure. Seen I'm
3: it. sure. But, I am sure that he appeared in some movies between Jack Frost and like his comeback, like five years. ago. He was in ago. Herbie Fully Loaded. I, I can't think of a like. I cannot think of a single one. Uh, uh, in that period. All right. Apparently, Herbie Herbie Fully Loaded. Yeah, he was in a bunch uh, of that's very Herbie talk story, right?
0: Yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, actually, oh yeah. The, in in 2010, he started making his comeback because he did uh, the other guys. He did Toy Story 3. Um, was it that long ago? Yeah, well, that makes but good. then, like, did Bird, ever, Birdman was 2014, and that was. That was did fun. I ever put oh, okay. you guys
4: uh, the the Herbie Herbie uh, the Love Bug uh, horror remake uh, that saved Hitler's car? Yes. Actually,
2: <laughs> yeah, yes, you did. Oh,
4: yes,
3: yeah. you have. I actually it did remember. You it. I remember this. <laughs> I
1: remember I seeing over the. Uh, writing, actually. I
3: remember hmm. seeing the trailers for uh, Bumblebee a year ago or so, and going, "Is this a new Herbie movie?" <laughs>
1: Apparently, the new Bumblebee movie is actually pretty good.
3: Yeah. I've heard good things. I've yeah, you know heard I'll watch the other
1: Transformers films.
3: Yeah, it's got. i a single Transformers.
4: I saw the first two. The first one is fine. The second one is not. <laughs> yeah. But not neither of them else. have. John I heard John the third one was good again, so I don't know. Yeah,
5: there
4: it is. You roll the dice. Yeah, gotta know when to hold him. All right, I uh, I gotta work in the morning. Uh, mm-hmm.
3: So only two,
0: only two more hours of conversation then.
3: Oh god! All right. All right, Yes, let's talk about the other albums in Fleetwood Mac. Uh, how would you rank the rest of them? I honestly couldn't
0: tell you the name of one more Fleetwood Mac
3: album. <laughs> the- <laughs>
0: No, I mean like rumors. Rumors was a massively successful record. Probably
3: a self-titled album. Probably a a
0: Fleetwood Mac album. That's probably fair. Um, I don't know. Now you got me curious. Discography. Yeah, the first one was called Fleetwood Mac. Nailed it. There we go. I win. Wait, they did an album in Uh, 1968 called Fleetwood Mac, and then they did a second album in 1975 also called Fleetwood Mac.
3: Yeah, I. I. I, You can't do that. That's
1: not allowed.
3: I mean, Weezer's been doing it like four or five times now. Yeah, Chicago Uh, did it. Yeah, there's definitely, I mean, fucking, uh, Led Led Zeppelin has like what, like three or four? Yeah, Yeah. but they were at least good enough to
0: be like, Led Zeppelin, Led Zeppelin 2, Led Zeppelin 3. Like, they actually numbered them.
3: Yeah, I have literally, I have literally never heard of a single, like, Mr. Wonderful, The Penguin. Nope. Heroes are hard to find? No, I've I've never heard of Tusk. Are these all Batman albums?
4: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: yes. Yeah. They're all Herbie Hancock albums.
4: hmm Are you saying Herbie Hancock is Batman?
3: Yes. You he heard the, it here Earth He's pulse. the he's the smooth Batman. Herb Albert soul. and his Tijuana Brass.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you right there, Patrick, Patrick, you down?
1: I'm good. I'm just stretching my back out on my exercise ball. Okay. That's when we
0: reach the Patrick stretches his back out part of the podcast, <laughs> it's probably time to end. I don't, that, I don't I think mean,
4: this does ever happened
1: often in the podcast. I'm a very. Yeah. I'm
4: a tall guy. My back. Did you stretch. say Padcast? Padcast.
1: Uh, is
4: that like
0: Pad Tie? That's his Boston. Or is it like me, the down. me
1: cast? Because you guys sometimes call me Patty.
0: Welcome to the Patrick Padcast.